Great song choice. That was great. Right? Calvin that was, didn't that know was, it at that the was beginning a good one. there. I applaud you for that song choice. <laughs> hey, hey, I'll, I'll take that. Because I'm on a huge, like, huge pop smoke right now. Yeah. A huge Ooh. pop smoke. Justin, Justin Bieber, Bieber, obviously, yeah. he dropped uh, another album. So, you know. You see, yeah. be, I keep hearing their songs every now and then, and I'm like, oh, who is this? And like, oh, it's pop smoke. I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> Behind so the I, times. I feel like I kind of, um, I haven't been plugging into the new artists like, like I used to. So. Yeah, busy man. So <laughs> there, there is that. And there is also this old soul now that yeah. I, I, I'm just, I just you can't keep th- up anymore. I just turned 30 and I'm calling myself old, but no, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you can't go wrong with the classics though, man. Yeah, Honestly, yeah. like it's, it's sometimes uh, it's the things that we're used to. I find, yeah. you know, I find that most of the times when I listen to someone like, let's say J. Cole mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Lil Wayne, like the old school Lil Wayne Carter two, yeah, yeah. uh, Carter two or Carter yeah. three. And I'm yeah. like, wow. Man, I saw this one meme where uh, a bunch of these like Gen X or Gen Z people were like, um, like being played these like classic songs like Umbrella, like Empire oh, State of yeah, Mind. Yeah. They're like, yeah, I don't, who's that? What? And I was like, man, it's like those, those songs aren't even old. All man. of you, like, like you guys are just, you did not know what the good days were. Yeah, I know. You know what I mean? It's, it's funny when you think like, you know, like people tell you like two thousands, and it's like, man, that seems like not that long ago. But it's like, man, this is over twenty years ago, dude. Like, dude, that's oh, I hate saying uh, that because it's just to this day, I still feel like um, late nineties to mid two thousands were the golden era yeah. of R and B. Hundred percent. Honestly, yeah. arguably of music in general. Yeah, in yeah. my opinion, like, but we could be biased. But we'll yeah. <laughs> well, here's the thing: is like, here's the thing about I know this is not what we're supposed to talk about. But fuck it. Yeah. But uh, I, I, what what you notice is like the new artists coming up. It's all usually hip hop, R and B. But back yeah. then, you had like all of them. You know, you had rock. You had um, like really old school hip hop, different genres of hip hop. You yeah. know, that's when trap and stuff wasn't really. Yeah, like there was there. like a really diverse spread. Yeah, like the only I guess like trap. I guess you could say were kind of like Lil Wayne, but it wasn't really trap. You know what I mean? No, it was just it was like a different like, style of hip hop. Th- there was Lil Wayne, and then they came. Uh, Ti came in yeah. with trap music, yeah. and I think that was great. And and back then, gosh, okay. I know we'll get to what we need yeah. to do. <laughs> but um, I, I was I was thinking that when an artist, when a song came on, you you exactly knew who it was, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Or when a beat came on, you're like, this is this is David Banner. Who, yeah. This is this is that's um, true. This is this producer. You yeah. know, you, you can tell with the styles. And a couple of weeks ago, uh, there's a kid I used to volunteer with. Uh, for Big Brother, Big Sister, mm-hmm. uh, he was playing me his the music he listens to. Yeah. And he was playing, I think, is it uh, the Migos? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The three guys. And then he was explaining to me how there is Quavo, Offset, and is it just Offset and Takeoff? Takeoff, Takeoff, yeah. Takeoff, take yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah, one that no one off. really cares yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was, try- I was like, I was trying to get you on that one. I was like, <laughs> yeah. who is it? Who is it? Yeah. Takeoff. <laughs> yeah. And, and he was, it's like, everyone sounds the same and I can't really tell I can't tell them apart anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. like, gosh. Yeah. You know, but hey, it is what it is. Hey, that's, uh, uh, I'll enjoy it, whatever. They yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of new generations, but before we get to that, let me just introduce you. Welcome back, Jabronis, to episode, uh, no, or season two, episode four. 
I always, every time I do this, oh, I forget yeah. what fucking episode hey, we're on. But I'm anyways, sure. we have a special guest here, Mr. Evan. I don't want to say your last name because I'm going <laughs> to fuck it up royally. We'll, we'll let you say so, it so we don't embarrass ourselves. Yeah, Evan's close. Like, give, a, give a little introduce, uh, introduction about yourself. What do you do? Um, and there's a specific reason why you have, we have you on the podcast today. But oh. uh, tell, tell the people what you do and like what you've been up to. I'm up. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> who, who is Evan? Who is Evans? <laughs> Evans is a... Uh, African-Canadian. No. Um, <laughs> yes, I am African-Canadian. But what I do mainly is um, I try to help people, both men and women, mm-hmm. even though my focus has been mainly on men, on teaching them how to navigate uh, relationships, right. uh, specifically romantic relationships. So instead of just hoping for things to turn out well, mm-hmm. creating mindsets, habits, right. daily routines of existing right. in a way that's going to make life and relationships because at the end of the day life is the quality of your life is determined by the relationships yeah, so 100 um how to be the best version you can be and enjoy life to the fullest with the people that you actually love mm-hmm. and nurture those right. relationships right. yeah what kind of got you into that like what was it was it something that you went through personally or just something that you you saw interest through just like through experiences and stuff like i was I would say scratching my own itch. Mm-hmm. Um, the I remember it was 2013, 2013 2014. Mm-hmm. I I was in a relationship with this with a girl actually who lives like a couple blocks away from here. <laughs> oh no way! <laughs> yeah, you're probably pulling up and you go go through some flashbacks. Like, ever and- since we broke up, like this is the first time coming to this neighborhood. Oh, so that's it's weird. <laughs> it's okay. I, I just got a security system installed. We're good to go. <laughs> yeah. So um, I was a young kid who got in a relationship. Um, that I was not supposed to be in, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was a she was a, a nice girl from a really good family, and um, because prior to that, I had some sort of a an episode with a woman that kind of scared a little bit, scared mm-hmm. me a little bit. And this nice girl comes up, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to settle down. I'm going to create a relationship, and I'm going to learn how to love this woman the mm-hmm. way she loves me. Right. You know, so I got into this relationship a year, two down the line, things were things things were bad. Okay. You know, um, we were living in the same house and she would come home. I didn't really know how to communicate my own needs. Um there were times when I felt like I wanted this woman to sit with me, to talk, to for me to express my emotions, for me to fully be present with her. Mm-hmm. But because my mindset was those are not things that guys do. You don't mm-hmm. tell a woman, hey, um, I would love for you to sit down and talk to me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you, it's, it's, it's not something, it, it sounded so. It's so foreign. Yeah. Yeah. It was not a, it was not a concept that I was familiar with. Right. You know, so our communication deteriorated. It was, it, it was terrible. She would come down. Uh, we used to live at her parents' basement and she would come down and, try to spend time with me and I'll be playing video games. Believe it or not, I was a crazy gamer. <laughs> hey man, every yeah. guy is. <laughs> and I mean, this was me in my early twenties and, and she would, she would come and want to talk to me and get my attention. And I'll be like, babe, just give me five minutes. Five minutes turns into 10 and she gets pissed off. <laughs> yeah. You know, she gets pissed off. She goes, talks to her parents and I am wanting to spend time with my lady but my lady's pissed off and I cannot communicate to her or say, I'm sorry. I'll say, Hey, um, 
I truly need you emotionally right now, mm-hmm. you know? And it became like this game of, let's see who will go to the other one first. Right. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, and I think that's even how I got into fitness, believe it or not. Um, fitness was not something, fitness was an escape for me. It was not mm-hmm. something that came naturally or high school or whatever. No, right. I was, my lady would come home and because I didn't want to feel lonely, you know, I, okay. I would want her to come spend time with me, but yeah. I would not be, I would not feel like it's okay to express that. Mm-hmm. So every time she did that, because I had um, neglected her when she wanted her that attention, she started seeking it from her parents. Mm-hmm. And instead of me want, telling her I need that attention, I would pick up my bag and go to the gym. Right. You know, that was my, that was my escape. Right. You know, it's like, you know what, if I'm not going to have her talk to me, if I'm not going to be able to cuddle with her, if I'm not going to be able to enjoy time with her because she's upstairs and mm. I can't tell her that, you know what, I'm just going to pick up my back and get out of the house. Yeah. You know, so that became an escape for me. But essentially it was me getting in a relationship that was, that I saw an end to, mm. you know, before I even got in that relationship, I knew. Um, it was not, I was not truly deeply in love with this woman, you know, and I knew it was going to end and I never wanted to get myself in that position ever again. Yeah. And after we broke up, um, it became a mission to me to, to Mm -hmm. understand women. Right. You know. But part also is understand yourself too, right? Now, at first, it was never that. For me, at first, it was, you know what? I'm going to understand everything about women mm-hmm. right. to a point where I can date the kind of women that I want. But what I didn't realize was that in order from, it, it, turned, it turned from a journey of understanding women to mm-hmm. what you just said, yeah. which is I had to understand who I was. Right. I had to understand what are my values. Mm-hmm. I had to understand um, what makes my life uh what makes me feel alive? Right. You know, what, yeah. what gives me that joy? I think, so that's what it was. And from there, it ended up me teaching some of my friends, some of these things I learned mm-hmm. and where they saw the success I had, they were like, Evans, what's happening? You know, you and I were walking in a bar and we will be chasing women, but now we're walking in a bar and we have like, groups of women coming to us and initiating conversation. <laughs> you know? And 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 I um I knew what I was changing in my own life. Yeah. And I started teaching them. And it was not until one day um I teach this guy who was a I think he was in his fifties, you know, I teach he was going through relationship issues with the girls he was saying. So I coached him through that. And this guy was a is a million, like multimillionaire, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm like, <clears throat> if this really wealthy guy who is a multimillionaire, who is more than willing to pay me yeah. to do this, and some of my friends were actually telling me to do this for, mm-hmm. to, to pursue this. I was like, yeah, I'm passionate about this. This, will, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. Yeah. You're, 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 you're kind of in a way like you're, and I think that's kind of like the biggest thing with like anyone. Uh, like I think the main focus for anyone's life is to try and impact other people's in which shape, way or form you can. Right. So yeah. I think you can get a lot of uh, reward from that too, personally. No, it, it, I, I can't tell you how much satisfaction I get. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's somewhat selfish, yeah. you know, I can say, but 
if if it's a selfish thing that actually uh, improves other people's lives, I'll yeah. take it. But I truly mm. do get a lot of joy mm. when um, a man clarifies something that was giving him problems. When mm -hmm. a man uh, works on his communication with this woman, mm -hmm. and he's like, "I get it now." Yeah, you know, I was being way too logical on this, and I did not see why she was overly emotional or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. You know, so you know that creating that space first mentally for someone where they can have it physically mm -hmm. in their relationships. And that's, that's priceless to me. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that like, so do you think like most men usually go through that phase of just like, like they're not able to reciprocate their feelings or talk about it? Is that just a common thing? Or do you, is that, is that on both sides, like for the female and the, and the male in a young relationship? I, I think for most women that I've seen mm -hmm. um, from, most women that I've talked to, they are more than okay expressing it. Mm -hmm. You know, they're more than, um, they're, they're okay telling their man, hey, I'm vulnerable to you. I love you. Mm -hmm. I cherish you. Things like that. Mm -hmm. um, but when they do that to someone, to a man who is not reciprocating that, yeah. oh, regardless of how vulnerable a woman is to a man, um, she doesn't get the uh, the answer or the response, the emotional uh, response from uh, from the guy. Mm -hmm. To a certain point, it kind of starts numbing them, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, and they become a little bit cold, a little bit unavailable. Right, and it could be two guys down the line who did that, and yeah. now another guy starts dating this woman. Mm -hmm. And then he sees a woman who is unavailable, who is detached. But there was, I think, at yeah. some point. Yeah. You're trying to, like, break those walls down and, you know, get yeah. yourself back to, you know, what would have been kind of homeostasis, that 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 level that, you know, they're both kind of at yeah. um, to it's, evolve a relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, I mean, and this this is the thing. I, I don't want to get into rant this soon. Hey, man. <laughs> rant That's away, what man. podcasts rant are away. for. Go for it. But it's, You're their expert here. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm still learning till tomorrow. Uh, but I like that. Um, the way we, we raise boys is something that parents have failed, especially their sons, in yeah. getting them ready for relationships, for real world um, interactions. In a sense that I was looking at studies when I was researching this and I found that boys from a very young age, from the, from the time they're born, they get less skin to skin touch compared to girls, compared to young girls, compared to daughters. And this is sometimes even half the skin to skin touch that a young girl gets. Right. And these are not things that parents choose to do uh, intentional, like, no, I'm not going to give my kids skin to skin. Oh, I'm not right. going to hug them. I'm not going to touch them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not like your parents are just out there hating you on you. If you're that kind of parents, up, I mean, right? <laughs> but um, I, it's a, uh, it's something that's been conditioned in us. You know, mm -hmm. you, our parents have been, they feel like it's the right thing to let boys figure things out. Yeah, mm. you know, and when a child is born, you know, they don't want to figure things out. They want to have someone they can rely on. They want to mm -hmm. have a parent who will pick them up or who will say, hey, it's okay to cry or mm -hmm. say, hey, it's it's okay to express emotions yeah. like that. Yeah. You know, But the language that's been used is 
boys don't cry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't cry like a little girl. Be a man. Yeah. Be a yeah. man. Yeah. Grow yeah. up. Like you yeah. know. You know yeah. what I mean. And 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 the first thing, oh, a child falls down. You know, and they start crying. The first thing that a uh, that if it's a dad, if it's a boy, they, they will go and like wipe away the tears. Like don't mm-hmm. show that. Yeah. If it's a girl, they'll go and give them a hug. Come here, honey. Yeah. Come here, darling. You know what I mean. Mm. And and we don't realize that. <clears throat> Things like that, um, things like skin-to-skin touch. It's mm-hmm. been proven scientifically that a child who gets skin-to-skin touch has more ability to form, like, better abilities to form relationships. Mm-hmm. Within them, they feel secure enough to, to, to rely on other people, you know. And, and this also falls into uh, things like even, um, else, oh, things like foreplay. Mm-hmm. You know, men... If you ask men how important is foreplay, let's say in your sexual interactions, they'll say, "Yeah, it's nice to have it. It doesn't really matter." You know what I mean? It's they be like, "It's okay," you know. Yeah. If you ask a girl how important is foreplay, number one, <laughs> number one. Most of them, if they're honest, they'll tell you it's number one. Yeah. yeah. You know, but the thing, the thing that is number one to, to girls is because it's okay for. One is, as I mentioned earlier, they got more skin-to-skin touch. And mm-hmm. skin is an organ. Mm-hmm. You know, the more you touch it, the more you, you use it, mm-hmm. the more sensitive it gets. Mm-hmm. You know, and guys, most guys, if we're honest with ourselves, our skins are not that sensitive. Yeah. You know, if, if a girl, let's say, if someone holds your hand like that, like, let's say, brushes your skin or something like that, you're not going to feel as activated mm-hmm. compared mm-hmm. to how a girl would feel. Right. You know, you'll breathe on a girl's neck, somebody like, things like that during foreplay. Some girls will go crazy. Yeah, that yeah. will turn on. It will turn them on like yeah. really, really easy. But if you do that to a guy, it's like it's, yes, there's yeah. air, there's that. So, right. <laughs> That's all like, it is. Yeah. It's just air. You know? what, are you, what are you doing? <laughs> exactly. You know, it's because that place is not really activated. Yeah. Right. For yeah. women, it's it's okay for them to walk down the street, them and their girlfriends touching, and that's completely fine. Mm-hmm. When a guy does that, you know, it's like. Especially in North America. Some countries, like when I go back in my country, like me and my, my dad would hold my hand while we were walking down the street. Yeah. That's completely fine. Yeah. yeah. You do that in North America, that's considered gay. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. Pe- people will be like a little bit suspect on you. <laughs> yeah, you know? honestly. But we don't realize that there is, these are ways that we connect as human beings. Mm-hmm. We have this, 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 this large organ, our skin, mm-hmm. you know, that allows us to feel things. And if you get in touch with it, it would actually open you up. It will actually, um, I, I had, like, it, it will essentially allow you to feel some of the things that women feel, right. some of the intensity, you know. And but it's also vulnerable for you to do that. Mm. You know, you can't. Um, you can't. You most men can't just like. Touch, even even them, but even when they're themselves, like touch themselves and feel like, how do I feel? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Like no, no guys just like rubbing their belly. I don't know, or, you know, or <laughs> yeah. something like that. You know, it's, 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 yeah, even just sensually touching yourself. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. So it's 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 things like that where I think um, the way that we raise boys, you know, we don't teach them, we don't teach them to prioritize connection, mm-hmm. friendships. Yeah, but for girls, we tell them, hey. You know, go go hang out with your with your uh, with your friend. You know, spend time with them. Play with your dolls. Even the way little girls play with dolls, 
those are those are relationships they're building. Those yeah. are nurturing, um, nurturing characteristics they're mm-hmm. they're building from such an early age. Yeah. But when a guy that when what do we give guys? Yeah. Go outside, play sports, go play sports, kick a ball yeah. around, go, aggression. Yeah. Aggression. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. It's like Testosterone. Aggression is manly. Cars. Yeah. yeah. Like got most boys don't play with like dolls and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Ex- exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I'm in in we we have energies. We have masculine. We have feminine energies. Mm-hmm. You know, we have we have um, part of being human. Not just this doesn't just belong to women, but part of being human is being a nurturing, you know, mm-hmm. uh, empathetic. Sometimes a sympathetic person, and we don't teach those things to guys. Yeah, no, we don't teach those things to boys, and yeah. and they're very vital. I find in dating, in relationships, even in friendships sometimes. Oh yeah, 100%. Um, mm-hmm. 100%. You know, it's very important to um to be a great listener. Mm-hmm. You know, guys, we are terrible listeners. <laughs> yeah. You know, we 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 normally we are quiet so that we wait for the other person to finish talking so that we can have our opinion expressed. Yeah. You know, we we don't we don't keep quiet to fully listen and comprehend. Yeah. And put ourselves in yeah. that person's perspective. Yeah, we're not That's, really actively listening. Yeah. We're kind of just, yeah, you know, just waiting the buffer time before you can speak, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's what, what we said on our, our, our podcast a few, uh, few episodes back, but it was like, we always listen to respond. We don't listen to actually listen. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and, and that's the thing too. I was, um, I, was, I was sitting down the other day and I was thinking about this whole being in a relationship. Um, what does it really mean? And most people don't really comprehend that because a relationship is being able to relate to the person that you're in this union with. If you're with a woman, yeah. you know, uh, she's coming up, she's coming home from work. She's like pissed off. Her friend has done this, her friend has done that. You know, instead of you offering, we are really quick at offering solutions. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we offer them more than once to the same issue, we get really pissed off, like why? Why are you listening to me? Kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I told you what to do. Yeah. But most times, in those scenarios, she just wants you to listen. But mm-hmm. what we fail to do there is relate. Mm-hmm. In that relationship, you have to relate to your woman. How is she feeling? If I was in her position, if I was in her shoes, yeah, how would I have felt? You know, and we, we, we don't tread that direction at all yeah you know we haven't been taught to do that and i think that's um it's very unfortunate that we yeah we go through life and we don't get to fully experience to fully be vulnerable to yeah. fully love yeah you know it's funny how the word relate is like like the biggest part of like the relationship itself like it's, like, yeah. it's always like hidden in the actual word itself you know <laughs> it's like no, i'm gonna do everything else but yeah be in a relationship you yeah know? <laughs> yeah exactly people just kind of think of relationships just two people together no. kind of thing it's like it's a lot more than that right mm-hmm. um i feel like the thing is too is just like with that whole like kind of mindset is like boys even past but like even now in today's age like that kind of toxic or if you want to say a toxic masculinity or that masculine is enforced, even the younger ages now, you know, it's always like, you know, a group of boys always trying to see how many notches they can get kind of just this, that, you know, mm-hmm. it's not, it's like almost like kind of discrediting, discrediting a relationship, right? It's just kind of how many girls you can sleep with nowadays. Yeah. And it's, it's such a, it's a, it's such a show of insecurity mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. honest. Uh, Trying to sleep with as many, like trying to just sleep as many women as possible. Now, 
I have, for some people who are familiar with my work, encouraged some guys to um, go out and date as many women as possible at the same time. Right. And that's a concept that's been very, uh, I've, I've gotten hit for that. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we might touch on that later, but um, um, when it comes to what you mentioned, the sleeping with as many women as possible and just not caring about mm-hmm. um, tending to a relationship or looking for a relationship or opening yeah. up to it, um, I think it's because we we just don't know how to process emotion. You know, mm-hmm. I, I tell people, being in a relationship is 90% listening and catering to each other's uh, emotional needs yeah. mm-hmm. and 10% logic, yeah. you know? And most of the things that come in a relationship, it's the other person wanting to know that they are adored, they're loved, you know, you, they mean a lot to you. They mean the world to you, mm-hmm. essentially, not just a lot of the world to you, mm-hmm. you know, and being able for you to, um, Freely express that, mm-hmm. you know, and to a man, to to a majority of men, that's not expressing emotion, mm-hmm. expressing words that are affectionate, yeah, you know, that are vulnerable. It's not something like it's not something that we're told. Mm-hmm. To this day, my biological dad has mm-hmm. he has a hard time saying "I love you" to me, yeah, and not just to me, to all all the kids. Mm-hmm. Wow, you know, no, it's and I have I started saying that to him a while back, but he, you can still like, you can still feel that he is. It's on your skin a little bit. He's, he's just tra- like, he's yeah. trying to, trying to get to it. Right? Yeah. And yeah. oh, he will try to say it so ind- indirectly. So he doesn't like fully like embrace. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, I love you, buddy. <laughs> he's like, yeah, we love you. And he likes saying we love you instead of saying I love oh, you. So, okay, so yeah. he's kind of like, he tries to include everyone so that it's not yeah. personal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, it's not, it's not like, I know he loves me though. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. I know of course. It, it's just that from his generation, that's not how they were raised. Yeah, you know, of course. But hey, it is what it is. Yeah. With uh, it, like in regards to, to, your relationships like have like did you find that you had a hard time kind of adapting that mindset and adapting the okay you know being being vulnerable being open and kind of um you know putting in a lot more of the a a lot more of the work on your end um did you did you find that you struggled doing that or absolutely yeah absolutely i because it's not something that came natural to me you know um it's not it was it was years of trying to unlearn what expressing emotion actually is. Yeah. You know, it's before you can adopt this new healthy way of being in a relationship, loving, or just being a wholesome human being. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to question things, you know, why am I holding myself back from expressing vulnerability? You know, it's because, my mindset was vulnerability means weakness, mm-hmm. you know, but I had to go further. Does vulnerability really mean weakness? Mm-hmm. And it was like, no, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. To me, I found that every time that I was vulnerable, I found a very strong connection with well, not just women, even my friends, my, my guy friends as well. Yeah. Because it's like honesty is kind of at the core of that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. You know, it skips through all the bullshit. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's how we're... We, it's how we're meant to live. It's how relationships are formed. You know, yeah. there's nothing worthwhile that when it comes to relationships that doesn't involve some sort of vulnerability, you know, um, 
being in a relationship, fully being in a relationship and loving someone means, you know, that you're giving this person the power to hurt you, mm-hmm. you know, to truly do some serious damage to you. Mm. But you trust and hope that they will use that power and care for you and be there for you and, so, and be, be, the, be your support system. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes there might be some, a little bit of tough love and say, hey, um, not really tell you what you want to hear, but what you have to hear. Mm-hmm. And it might hurt sometimes. There will be conflicts in any truly loving relationship. There will be conflicts, but it's how you handle those conflicts that will allow you and your partner to grow. So for me early on, it was, gosh, it was, it was hard. Yeah. You know, it was, um, it was hard, but I think you reached a point when I stopped caring about trying to appear as macho, as manly as possible. Yeah. You know, um, that I was like, okay, you know, how can I, how can I fully deeply connect with this woman? Mm-hmm. You know, even when expressing some of these things scares the shit out of me. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, I remember going through some, some crazy dating experiences that, that almost, I would say, made me not want to go out with women anymore. Mm. You know, essentially, I was having some erectile issues. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. You know, as a young person, you know, I was, yeah. I was 25. It fucking happens to all of us. It's yeah. happened to me I've, far I too think, many times. I think we've, I think, yeah, we've both yeah. been there. So you give we've me all a, been there. Give me a little bit of alcohol. <laughs> 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 no, no, for, for me, it was not, it was not alcohol either. You know, um, for me, it was uh, when I got out of the relationship mm. with my, with my, with my ex. Yeah. Um, I went and rented my own spot on the other side of Applesford mm. and, the the first day I moved out, I downloaded Tinder, mm. you know, and I was like, you know what? Let me yeah. let me see how this this online yeah, dating works. Yeah, yeah, test the water. This is a very here. familiar story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Deja vu, huh? Oh yeah. But um, once I did that, for me it was um, it was a way. I felt like I was I was now I'm, I'm a single guy. I can do whatever I want, mm-hmm. which know? means you should start moving around. It was right? start start messing around yeah. and, and and having sex with as uh, as many women as possible. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's what it, at that point in my life, that's what it was mm-hmm. to me. And I I downloaded the thing. Um, Thirty minutes swiping left and right. I get a I get a message from one of the like I get a message on on Instagram actually. It was not even Tinder. Mm. Um, this girl apparently saw my name on on uh, on Tinder. Oh, went straight to the source. Wow. And, then, and then she went straight to uh, to Instagram. Because <laughs> my name is like Evans Close Savvy. There's very yeah, any yeah. other probably person. just typed it in once and found <laughs> you right away. You're the exactly. number one result. <laughs> exactly. So she follows me uh, and then she likes pictures for a couple of years ago. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. This, 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 she's gorgeous, beautiful, beautiful girl. Um, and as soon as that happens, you know, it's kind of, it kind of lights a bulb in you. Like, what's happening here? Mm. You know, and to make things worse, I actually swiped left to that girl Ooh. on Tinder. <laughs> you know, but I'm a single guy and yeah. this is actually like beautiful girl. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know why I swiped left on her, but I did. And so he's like, hey, how, where are you from? And we started a conversation. Yeah. And we exchanged phone numbers right there and then 
the second evening, it was a Friday, on a Saturday night, she was over at my place, at this new place. Mm -hmm. I was like, shit. <laughs> 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 this, this is new to me. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah. uh, before then, I went in a relationship because I was looking for safety. Mm -hmm. And now that I'm free, and this girl is like at my place, and I remember while we were texting, she actually, she actually asked me on the text, gosh, um, she asked me, are you a typical black man down there? <laughs> oh, just getting right to the <laughs> point. Yeah, so, and, wow, and, that's and, like and raw who, it gets. <laughs> for some of you who are listening to this, it's like, you know, you know where she was trying to head with that. Yeah, you know? of course, yeah. You know, and, and being this um, ungrounded, I didn't really, I didn't really uh, have like personal values at that point. I'll say no, straight up, I didn't. Yeah. Um, and I was like, uh, and I think what I replied to her was like, why don't you come over tomorrow and find out? Yeah. And <laughs> clever. Yeah. Seems so, good. but it was a clever answer, but I had my doubts inside. Mm -hmm. So in my head, I'm like, like, what kind of, what other black men has she been with? Like, what am I, what, you know, what am I getting compared to? Yeah. You, know, exactly. <laughs> you know, so, so, um, even, even though, um, oh, this was nice and fun, but there was, I started having questions. I'm like, fuck, <laughs> you know, so she comes over. So like pressure's building in your head. Absolutely. Yeah. Like just a bunch of anxiety. Absolutely. And that's all I was thinking for the next 24 hours until she showed up, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, but long story short, she showed up. Um, I was still fresh from my breakup. Mm -hmm. You know, I had not processed. You know, it doesn't matter um, how the relationship ends. It was very painful for me and my my ex at that point mm -hmm. to end that relationship. And I had not taken time to acknowledge the emotions, acknowledge the, um, I don't want to say loss, but no, to grieve a little bit. Yeah, yeah, of the course. You, you need that, right? Bit, yeah. you, you, you need that grieving time. But I jumped right into uh, exploring things with women. Mm -hmm. And when she came over that night, no matter what she did, you know, no matter what we did, I could not get an erection. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I was still so much in my head. Yeah, you know, yeah, yes. Not, not just from what she said, but from previous like, relationships. The, the raw emotions that I still had, the more, the raw grief that I had. Mm -hmm. She could probably like physically touch it and like you probably wouldn't even like feel it. She you know, did, you're not. She did everything. Yeah, yeah. she got did the everything. Pump everything. <laughs> <laughs> she did everything and I couldn't, I, like, I couldn't get an erection to save my life. Yeah. And for me, like she left, I think what she felt was, um, I think some of it was she might have felt like it was her. Yeah. You know, and mm. I, it had never happened to me, so I could not even communicate to her. Like, mm -hmm. if, like, I was still trying to figure things out. Like, what yeah. the heck is happening? Beautiful girl in your bed can't get an erection. Mm -hmm. um, it went ahead and happened with five other girls. Yeah. Back to back to back to back to back to back. That's hard back. on the ego. Yeah. That's hard yeah. on the ego. I think it, the thing is too. I think it's hard on uh, on girls too because uh, immediately sure. they always think something's wrong with me. Yeah. It's, it's got to be personal. In it's, some, yeah. It's, yeah. In some, in some of it was personal, and I, I was, I was, I was stubborn, man. I was because I was. I told myself I'm, I'm going to, I'm not going to give up being with women. Mm -hmm. I love women so much to give, yeah. to give that up. Yeah. You know, and each every and every time I'll go out with some friends and. A girl might initiate a conversation and we we might like move things along. And when I see when I saw that tiny possibility, 
of her saying yes and coming home, I would shut it down. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, because I knew maybe this is going to be another one of those right. things going to happen. Mm. Can't can't have that hurt come again. Right? No, yeah. no, but I I risked it of too many times with so many girls, um, and I think it came to the last girl we ever happened with. I think it was the sixth girl. I told myself, I'm like, hey Evans, this is going to happen, you know, and I think it's that. Um, expectation that it happened last time. How can I avoid it? And the more you try to avoid it, the worse it gets. Oh yeah, hundred percent. You know, the worse it gets. So I came clean to this girl. I was like, "Hey, this happens to me." You know, and this was her after trying to start to want to please me, and I'm like, "Yeah, sometimes I can't really be fully present to enjoy the moment, and I just." Can't get an erection. And what that girl did changed changed the way, like everything moved forward. And she essentially said, It's okay. You know, and you could tell that she meant it. Mm-hmm. You know, I also chose to be super vulnerable to her mm-hmm. and say, Hey, I can't help it. You know, as much as I love to please you right now. Mm-hmm. There's so many things going on in my head and this is not the first time it's happened. So it's not you. Yeah. So I think that took the pressure from her Mm -hmm. and it also, she also gave me uh, some sort of acceptance that I'd never gotten from any other woman. Yeah. Right. I'm going to be here. You know, you're still going to spend time. We're going to enjoy this Mm -hmm. and that's completely fine. And she, she accepted she accepted me for who I was at that particular moment, right. you know. And it's not something that I thought any woman would have done, especially in that scenario where we're both naked and mm-hmm. that is happening, like physically vulnerable, yeah. emotionally vulnerable. Like, that's, as, yeah. that's as vulnerable as you get, yeah. man. Yeah. So you know I mean? we 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 sat there, and all she was just very comforting, you know. She mm. she would like give me she gave me a massage, yeah, you know, and then she was just leaning on my chest, and we. Spending the evening watching a show, but she was very affectionate during that whole thing. Right. And an hour later, after us just chilling, bang. <laughs> you know, it, just boom. And I, I got back that direction because I stopped thinking too much of what if, what if, what mm-hmm. if this happens, what if this, and because I knew I was accepted yeah. mm-hmm. by her. And then just like that, um, it never happened. Yeah. Ever again. It was like that weight that was growing on your shoulders just yeah. was like and there's yeah, there's so much to take away from that. One, foreplay is important. Two <laughs> two is just like don't th- forget that. That's one. like that is actually the the power of vulnerability. Is mm-hmm. as soon like like you said, as soon as you drop those those doors down and you're just like, hey, listen, fucking as soon you as you, as is. soon as you admit yeah. what your fears are, yeah. those fears lose their power. Yeah, you know? and 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 the, I mean that has manifested in my life so many times. I can't even, I can't even say like, um, even in my, I'm just rumbling here. But hey. <laughs> No man, yeah, you pretty foolproof. You got you, you got great part. points, man. Honestly, yeah. like the only thing to fear, like the only thing that you know, like fear is. Uh, I can't remember the 
the quote, but it's like the only thing to fear is fear itself. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Like that's really the only thing that had power in, in, you know, obviously in other aspects of life, but it like mm-hmm. in that particular moment, right? Like once you put those fears on the table and it's like, man, like it was like, it was weightless at that point and, yeah. and you were able to kind of let that sink in and be, you know, present to, mm-hmm. to what you guys were, you know? I mean, yeah. it, it was, it was powerful in, in its own way. And I think that also guided me into um, allowing myself to be more vulnerable Yeah, because that was just such an, for me, it was a life changing experience Yeah, by being vulnerable, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and from there on, I was, I would try to create vulnerable, vulnerable points in whatever um, sexual interactions I'm having with a woman. Just mm-hmm. get to fully be my myself, open mm-hmm. myself up fully, and be like, "Hey, this is who I am," mm-hmm. you know. And to this point, I, th- I think it's worked out because it, it allowed me to fully and deeply. Um, and I think this is something that I've been blessed and very fortunate with to fully connect with women, mm-hmm. you know, to take away all that top layer, um, superficial physical connection and go mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. that mental space where you actually enjoy each other's energy, yeah. enjoy each other's time. Yeah. Do you think that there's, a, that there's a fine line though? Because let's say, let's say let's reverse it, right? And let's say that whether if it's a man or a, actually, I guess it's not really reversed, but usually nine times out of 10, um, what ends up happening is if someone is too vulnerable to the other person, the other person automatically gets frightened from that. And that's probably just to reflect on like, because their ability to be vulnerable with that person, it's just like, cause I, I think that's what happens to like a lot of, um, 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 to, a lot of guys is the girls are so vulnerable to them and then it scares the fuck out of them and they're just like fucking run the other direction. So what do you think are the best steps for people to kind of like open that, break those doors down? Is it a lot of just like self kind of like work or do you think that's something that you can work with with your spouse or significant other? I think it's, uh, when it comes to people who are like, when it comes to people who are started seeing one another, Mm -hmm. There is a certain level of, I don't want to say holding back, but mystery that mm-hmm. needs to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, when when a man comes right off being like truly vulnerable. And now I also want to say that there is vulnerability and there is um, neediness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are two different things. Like there's yeah. a fine line the, between them. Sometimes that line is pretty, like, it's pretty bald. Yeah, you know, some people, some people <laughs> True. just <laughs> try to ignore it. But mm. uh, when a guy like comes and tells a woman everything about his life, you know, because mm. I've been there personally, yeah, you know, and same, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and that was the time when I was, I was, I mean, I was, I was super out there trying to get to know women, and yeah. some women will be like, "Hey, tell me everything about yourself from the like from the get go," and, and I'll be like. Mm okay, this is what she wants me to do. Mm-hmm. And, right. and, and I'm going to do just this. I'm going to tell her my entire life story in one <laughs> front, evening. Front to back, cover to cover, like Everything. the whole page. Chapter one. <laughs> Everything. You know, I was born in Africa. I yeah. was, you know, my mom is Burundian. My dad, so it's, it's like all this stuff, you know, just lay thick on them, you know, and. Too thick? 
most times, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and a few a few dates in, we'll still be talking, chatting, and everything. But you can tell that they're not as engaged. Mm-hmm. You know, it's because you overfed them. Yeah. You know, instead of just releasing, feeding their curiosity little by little. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, women want to get to know you over a long span of time. Yeah. Not just everything in one go. Yeah. Right. You know, and how do you take all that in? Right. Yeah. You yeah. can't process it. And and, yeah. and sometimes they, uh, it's like. It's like always having fa- your favorite thing given to you at the same time. We all want mm-hmm. that anticipation. We all want that mm-hmm. person to spend time with. But when there is nothing for us to crave, when a girl knows everything about you and there is no point of her going out with you on a date again, you know, it's like, what am I going to, what is he going to tell me that I do not know? Mm-hmm. You know, so um, yes, there is vulnerability and there is neediness. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes when a guy comes off the gate and just, um, it fully exposes himself to a woman that's kind of needy. Mm-hmm. Um, but when a guy puts himself in a position where he says, you know what? I truly find you attractive. You know what I mean? I don't know where this is going to go to, mm-hmm. you know, but mm-hmm. I would love to yeah. find this out. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and not over promising, especially, especially in the beginning, because mm-hmm. you have no idea who this woman is. Yeah. You have no idea what it's like to be around her presence, her energy, mm-hmm. you know, um, what are her values as a person, mm-hmm. you know? So being completely open to learning about that person, um, asking the right questions, you know, most people are willing to be vulnerable if you're truly interested in who they are and truly interested in what what sparks them, what are they afraid of, you know, because mm-hmm. this this is how we connect, you know. So if you slowly over time bring this out of someone, I think it's uh, it's very easy mm-hmm. to be vulnerable. But again, it's, it's such a fine line yeah. when it comes to how you play with it. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you might ask the right question at the wrong time, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe that person had a past experience that somewhat is aligned to, what you just asked. Mm-hmm. Right. And it might take them off, mm. you know, and so set off a red flag that didn't yeah. need to go off or, and, you know. and, and sometimes you have no idea. Mm-hmm. You, know, you had, you had no idea if that there was a red flag there, you know? Yeah. And, and that's why I tell uh, people that it's not, not everything is about you. Mm-hmm. You know, you might feel like you did something wrong, but you just did something it was not wrong. Mm-hmm. It's just that the person you said it to was the or you asked that question and or made that statement to was the wrong person at that time. Yeah. Man, that's a good point. That's yeah. a real, yeah. so, I, t- I take shit so personal sometimes. Yeah, oh. Like I spend my whole time <laughs> in my head. I'm like, what did I say? What did I do? Like I did like, it all fuck. wrong. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it's, uh, you know, it's dating is a numbers game too at some point, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we can't really, of course we have to be responsible for our actions and mm-hmm. the, the words we say and everything. But, you can't really put yourself down for things not working out. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and I look at that as if things don't work out, that was an amazing experience. Mm-hmm. You know, even if it was, let's say, a few weeks, a month or whatever. Um, one of my most cherished, I mean, I'm, I'm married, of course, I cherish yeah. my relationship right now, but of one of my most cherished previous relationships was only three months. Only three months. Yeah. The first woman I ever truly loved. 
Mm. He only lasted three months. You know, that's powerful. That's powerful yeah. though. If it stayed with you know how yeah. how long ago was it? Uh, this was 20, 2016. Okay, twenty sixteen. It's the it's everything about her was amazing. You know, and most people would have would have held on to that and say, "This is my soulmate." I'm gonna try to make everything mm. work, last as long as possible. Yeah, yeah. You know, but for me, it was more of I met this beautiful woman who was attractive physically. You know, it's the it's the mind, body, and soul. People say, you know, mm -hmm. you know, the way she thought it was beautiful. You know, we would sit down and have a conversation, and I'll catch myself thinking, I'm like, God, I love the way she thinks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. No, and 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 her body was like she she had physically she was beautiful. Mm -hmm. You know, I would walk down like would walk downtown like just going to eat and everything, and you mm -hmm. can tell like guys were. I was like, gosh, mm -hmm. yeah, was like, <laughs> <"Shit."> <laughs> that's you know? always a that feels good. You know, yeah, I mean, it, it, it feels good. You know, but selfishly, it, but <laughs> hey, gotta say, kid, <laughs> and and her soul, you know, is like. The, for me, soul, loving someone's soul is when this person is not trying to please anyone, when they're just being themselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. just, like, do you truly love them when they're just effortlessly themselves? Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's loving someone's soul. It's very pure. Well, that's yeah. like, that's true, what I envision true love to be, right? Mm -hmm. No. And and for me, with this woman, it was. It was. It was mm -hmm. And everything, like, everything lasted for like three months, you know, but till tomorrow, I will always. You know, she taught me, she opened me to truly loving. And she kind of set a standard for me. It's like, okay, this is what it was. There were some things that happened as far as uh, her upbringing. And because we had, she was she used to live in Kelowna. Mm. So for her, when I was away from her, because she was abandoned when she was a child, it was hard. She, she would think that I would do the same. Oh, uh, shit. Yeah. You know, and but when we were together, it was like the most beautiful um, time ever for both of us. You know, but I could not change her past. Mm -hmm, right. I can only be a good person in the present, and hopefully that helps her to work through what happened in the past. Right. So, just to clarify, so she has like she has or had like pretty big abandonment issues. Exactly. Right. You know, she she was abandoned from a, from a very young mm -hmm. age. So whenever basically you would step out or not be there for a little bit, she would get start to get worried, kind of stuff like that. Is what exactly, you're exactly. Yeah. You know, so it's it's things like that. But she ended up. There was a time when it got it got pretty. I, I could tell that she wanted to she wanted to come, but she also knew in her mind that it was going to end at some point, mm -hmm. and she decided why not end it right now. Yeah, you mm. know, and she decided not to come. You know, she was supposed to come off for a weekend, and it was yeah. I, that's honestly that's very respectable and very mature i would yeah. say yeah and i was like you know what i totally i totally understand it still hurts mm -hmm. you know, i totally understand do your thing and we were supposed to go do some things that weekend and i ended up doing it by myself and I had a good old time yeah you know and when she realized that i had a good time that kind of irked her yeah like, why would you have a good time without me yeah you, know, you so, should be destroyed by <laughs> not being there <laughs> <You> should be <laughs> fucking yeah essentially but um and we ended things like that. And to me, even while in the thick of that pain, I was like, you know what? I wish her nothing. 
like like from the deep down. I was mm-hmm. like, I wish I had nothing but the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and that was the point where I was like, oh, you can love someone, have that relationship end, and still be purely uh, have pure intentions about this person. Right. You know, and that for me, that was the like it was the beginning of like, wow, this is this is something I've never felt before. Of course, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, so it's um not everyone you will fall in love with is going to be there forever. And this is something the reality this is a reality we all need to accept. Mm-hmm. You know, some people are there to show you what is possible. You know, uh some people are gonna be there to show you what you should not allow in your life if they end up mistreating you in any way, shape or form. Yeah. Um, and some people might have a relationship that will last forever, you know, but even those relationships that will last forever, it's not the duration of how long it lasts. It's, it's the quality, you know, when you two in that relationship. So, yeah. yeah. Wow. That's dude. That's yeah. I couldn't agree more that's than anything that you say. So much like good, just goodness yeah, from like, that, man. It's, like, Cause I feel like with, um, with at least our, our generation is whenever you talk about, when someone talks about their ex, it's always never bad. It's never good things. It's always nine, like nine, this, nine, ten not, instead of ten. Yeah, but it's kind of like you know, I, I I don't know. There's there's so many reasons behind that, right? Like it could be like how mature that person is course, to like yeah. view it as like a a lesson or I learned something from this, yeah. and you know I can kind of um, differentiate you know the the lessons and the experience from you know who this person is uh you know now and and wishing them all the best right yeah. like mm-hmm. that yeah. that can that can get very messy depending to, on where people are right yeah. to and, get to get to to get to that point where you can look at one of your ex relationships or someone that you were with and you can say like I wish you the best like genuinely like it it takes a while to get to that no, point I I found myself like even I think it was half a year later I'm like God I wish she was with someone who truly loves her you know mm-hmm. and, and and out of nowhere you know and I'm like Interesting, yeah, you know, and it's like Evans, you grew up, <laughs> you're doing good. <laughs> no, but it was, I think I was, and at that point, I was not even, it came after a few years of like a few years later when I started reflecting on because we, right. I, I still think about the relationships I've had because, of course, yeah, they have shaped who I am today, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, I'm like, yeah, I wish she's she's doing well, you know, and of course, there will, there will always be those axes that you don't want to hear from, and there's some, I'm not saying that. Every ex is terrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I have any ex that I can say bad things about. Mm-hmm. You know, all of them, are, all the women that I've dated, which is quite a few, <laughs> um, they're all amazing women. You know, to this day, we are still like, when I, to, to, to this day, when I see them, I'll give them hugs, we'll have conversations, mm-hmm. we'll talk and everything. They're all amazing yeah. things. You know, so most times I say how someone talks or feels about their ex has very little to do with their ex and more to do with them. You know, yeah. You know, if you, all your exes are shitty people, it says a lot about how you pick them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, so instead of trying to check their responsibility or the blame onto the other person, you can look from the inside and say, what is it that I'm doing mm-hmm. that attracts these people? Mm-hmm. Perspective you know? for yeah. sure. You attract who you are. Yeah, exactly. You know, and if you feel like you're not, if your self worth is low, you will attract people who have low level of respect, low level of self worth, who will play you, 
and everything because you allow them to. I live yeah. in I live in a space where nobody will ever do or say anything to me that I have not allowed them to. And mm. somebody might say it once and that's I'm like, okay, cool. That's how you feel. You know, somebody might say it twice, and if I stick around to hear it for the third time, that is on me. Mm. You know, it's not it's yeah. not it's not on the other person. Yeah. You know, so but I think we we have to take responsibility mm -hmm. um, for the relationships that we have. You know, I think most people are in terrible relationships or in unfulfilling relationships because they haven't done the work they need to do so as to deserve to be in a good, happy, nurturing, growth-oriented relationship. So mm -hmm. let me let me put a plot twist in there. Do you think that there's a couple that would you say that's in an um, like a well, I wouldn't say unhealthy, but in a, a relationship that's a work in progress? Progress. Do you still think that that there's something that can be salvaged there, or something that can be continuously worked on, in a way, to like to get to that point where that relationship was bad, but you can turn into a healthy one? It's a loaded See, question, but yeah, it's it is, uh, and that varies from relation to relationship. I mm -hmm. would say depending on how that relationship was started. Mm -hmm. You know, if you take someone, I'm, I'm such a big advocate for having a list mm. of values you want in a lover, you know, before you get in a relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, I had my list three months after I ended my relationship in 2014 with my ex that I said, I'm not going to get in any other relationship with a woman if she doesn't have this, 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 and that quality. Did you physically write this list out? Or I, is this kind of like more a mental That's mental a mistake list. people do. It's, it should never be a mental. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I just wanted to kind yeah. of clarify because yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. big on like the things that I uh, I think about or, or that spend a lot of time in my mind. I, I write these things out um, because I've, I find they have a, a lot more impact when you have them out on paper, right? So I, I just wanted to kind yeah. of see like no, it's fully, where those things were yeah. for you. Mm -hmm. When you write things down, they, what you're saying is true. Like you gets even more ingrained as yeah. far as in your being, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, I started with writing it down on a piece of paper. Yeah. So what I did is I made a list of 20 qualities I wanted in a woman and 20 qualities I did not want in a woman. Right. Okay. You know. Um, that's important. I feel like that's, that's good too yeah. because then it kind of like helps. Well, like, it's kind of using so like, a lot of those like lessons that you learned, you know, along the way of, you know, some of the women that you spend time with, yeah. you know, those, those lessons that you learned, like you can physically kind of map them out. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and I think what most people also do nowadays is that they're very familiar with what they do not want, you know, and they don't take time to define what they want. Yeah. You yeah. know, somebody, I'll ask them, uh, what do you want in a relationship? You know, they will say, I want a man who is not a cheater. You know, I want mm -hmm. a man who is... Um, not argumentative. I want a man who is not this. And all you hear the not. <laughs> is the not. Yeah. And what we, we fail to realize that our minds is so powerful that whatever you make so clear in your brain, that's what will show up in your life. Mm -hmm. You know, and if the one thing that you're clear of is what you don't want, you're gonna start you're gonna start attracting and seeing people that you do not want because mm -hmm. right? yeah. it's the focus still hasn't changed. Like yeah. you, you haven't, you haven't changed anything. Exactly. Right? You know, so to me it was, um, the first thing I did was write and write everything. And I started with 20 and then I broke it. I, I like I took the list down to like 10. Yeah. And those 10 were things I would never compromise on. Mm -hmm. 
you know, good communicator. Someone who eats healthy and exercise on a regular basis. Someone who's adventurous. Someone who's growth oriented. You know, someone who's um, loving, affectionate. Now, there's some things that, that I did not have. Affectionate, I was never an affectionate person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that I'm still working till today. Yeah, of course. You know, uh, but I decided to make sure that each and everything that I put down on that list is either is a quality that I already have or a quality I'm working on. Mm, right. Yeah. Because yeah. essentially that person could probably teach you those qualities. Exactly. Like that's the huge, right? Yeah. No. And 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 it, it became it became something that I was like, okay, I'm going to be a good communicator. So what does that mean? It means when the lady, the wife, the fiance, or whoever that person, whatever title you they have at that point, when they're talking, I'm gonna truly sit down and get to understand them. No, um, I'm going to be a good communicator to a point where when I'm angry, I don't shout. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing I never do in my relationship. Mm-hmm. And I've never had a woman who started shouting at me, ever. You know, because they knew that I never allowed that. And it's not like I had to tell them. It's just that's how I behaved. Mm-hmm. Like I don't allow raising voices. If there's something that we need to talk about, come up to me. Let me know that you're displeased. You're not pleased with whatever I've done. Mm-hmm. Then let's let's talk it out. Mm-hmm. You know, so these are things that I wrote down. I got really clear with the ten value I must have in a lover, and the ten values I'm never going to allow. And each and every time, I got in a I started seeing a woman. Um I would a few dates in I would refer back to that list. Would you would you sit her down and, and like have her read through the list with you or, or is this more like <laughs> just solo kind of thing? She's like just so you know disclaimer. <laughs> no most most times I would I would sit down by myself. Yeah. Um and and that for me because I find that it's very easy to justify someone's bad behaviors when it's just emotions and no logic involved. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, so I remember one time I dated this girl who was, gosh, she was beautiful. She was a 10 out of 10 physically. Yeah. If that's the rating scale we're going to use. Yeah. And my friends were saying, yo, calf that woman, make her your lady. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Just and based off the physical appearance yeah. right from there. Based off the physical appearance. Yeah. We went on uh, like some barbecue parties and everything. They're like, gosh. It's like I would just sit on the back with some friends talking and I could see other men out there just looking at her, talking and pointing. I was like, okay, cool. You know, <laughs> and, and they were like, yeah, make that girl your woman. But I knew this was like three dates. Mm. By the second date, she had told me that she left her man for me. Wow. Damn. Do you know how long they were together? I mean, not that it matters, but she like... ended a relationship after our first date. <laughs> oh, so she was still in it. She was still in it. Oh, that's, that's a new dynamic. <laughs> you know, she was still in it. And wow. Everything was, I mean, everything about this girl, like you see her, it's like, gosh. You know, and at that point, when we started, we saw each other again a, a few more times, but I was like, I can never. You have to trust this woman. Yeah. Well, yeah. if she's going to do it to him, what's to say she's not going to do it to yeah, you down the line, huge, right? Yeah. You know, so even though my friends were like, yo, make this woman, I was like, 
I told one of my one of my friends then what was happening. Um, and he's like, yeah, still, man. He did that to him. He will not. I was like, gosh, how can you guys not see this? Yeah. Yeah. You know, that should seem so clear, you know, to like most people. It's not. It's It's funny that it's not, though, you know. And for me, when it it, for me, I knew right away it was not. not, I was not going to allow her looks Mm -hmm. to uh, overshadow the values that she lacks that that I truly wanted. You know, so that's why I tell people have a list that you look back to. Very so often, you know, even even when you're in a relationship, you know, to kind of remind yourself on what to, what's the ideal. And most of these ideals, it's not like they're unattainable. They're very attainable. We just have to constantly remind ourselves mentally that, hey, you value someone who is faithful. Mm-hmm. You value somebody who's a good communicator. You value someone, if you're into fitness, you value someone who takes good care of themselves. You know, you ignoring that is going to cause trouble six months down the line. And what most people don't realize, six months or a year or two down the line, it's not just the two of you at that point. For one, you have that history that you've already created that you might want to preserve. That's what most people do. Plus, you might have a mortgage at that point. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You might have kids or whatever. You know, so if you don't value if you don't put emphasis on the values, down the line is going to come to bite you in the ass. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. yeah, and for me, even with my wife, we visit, we revisit that list of values. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, yeah, we we she's she she's an amazing woman. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm I'm fortunate to be in a relationship with a woman who is um, very affectionate, very loving, very patient. You know, sometimes I can be a very um, Stubborn person to deal with, <laughs> you know. Um, but there are worse traits in the world. <laughs> that leads me to my next question: What are your love languages? Oh, I am a two main ones is physical touch and receiving, right, or giving. A physical touch, both. Oh, both. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's a uh, for me, and I think most times we find the love language that we are most attuned to is the one that we communicate the most to, especially on the other person. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's a terrible thing because just because you like that love language and you communicate to the other person, you might not be communicating their love language. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they might not like, you yeah. know. Yeah. But yeah, for me, it's uh, the number one is physical touch. And I think there is um, the second one. I'm not a gift person. Let me try to go down there. I'm not oh, a gift person. Yeah. Mm. I hate gifts. You know, I, I could receive, I can appreciate gifts, but it's very hard for me to, uh, one is remember gifts, like what my wife truly loves. So now I started a diary on my phone. It's like whenever my wife says, oh, I wish I could have something and I'll just write it down so I can remember it. <laughs> yeah. Smart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Take um, notes. Yeah. Where's your wish, wish list card? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I've started doing that recently because she she's a gift she's a gift person mm-hmm. and I will say something like six months six months ago and like my birthday just passed I was in Canada but she ended up buying me like four things that I've been wanting for so long yeah you know and I'm like fuck she's such an amazing gifter you know and yeah. I will never get to that level you know but that's what she loves so there's gift there's acts of service and yeah. then uh, I'm trying to go down them so physical, I can say, physical touch physical acts touch, of service words uh, of information. Shit. Uh, oh. Quality time. 
I think yeah, so mine is quality time mm-hmm. and uh, physical touch. So physical touch number one, quality time number two. Yeah, yeah. And do you then, think? Do you think that's a, like a one of the most important kind of things to figure out in the start of the relationship is the love, love languages? Or do you think that would help break down those barriers, those walls, and stuff like that? It would definitely help in being able to cater because, as mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier, like relationship is catering to the other person. Yeah, you know, ninety percent of it is just being there, listening. Um, being in tune with what the other person wants, mm-hmm. how they want it, you know, um, what drives them, what fears they have. So if you know what love language they appreciate the most. Yeah. So if you know that your your wife is a or your partner is a let's say words of affirmation and you learn how to communicate that well. And I think that is something that it's not like it must be there from the beginning, yeah. but in order for a relationship to progress, in order for the, somebody to feel somewhat special mm-hmm. in your life, you know, is when you can learn to communicate their love languages. Right. So it's a huge, it's, it definitely is a huge part. And to this day, I'm still learning how to communicate my, my, my partner's mm-hmm. uh, love languages uh, to right. the best of my ability. That's why I try to write things down because I, yeah, yeah. I, honestly, whatever helps at the yeah. end of the day, right? Yeah. Um, one question I kind of had, like you, you alluded to that you're married. What, like, what brought you to the point where? Because obviously, marriage is a big deal. Like, what, it, what it, kind it, of solidified it, that for you? It was never. I was never. I'm not a getting married person. Okay. Yeah. So um, it's like Evans. Why are you married? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> are you so? Are, are you revealing something to your wife right now? That you, but no. Um, I've never wanted to get married mm-hmm. um, and neither had my wife. But for us, given the fact that in the U.S. you cannot, uh, you can, for me, I could not go to the, because my wife is, is American. Right. Yeah, yeah. So in order for me to live in the U.S., it was like you have to be, to have a married status. Otherwise, you only get like a certain allotted time to spend yeah, down there or something. Six months. Six right. months yeah. and, and, and if I was going to... Uh, have a long-term relationship with this woman. I was not, I was not going to, I was not going to play that dating game. So there Mm -hmm. there are two things that I, I told myself, one is I was never going to get married, which of course (laughs) (laughs) you already broke that one. (laughs) Um, Two is I will never get myself in a long distance relationship. No. Now what the reason why I said, I'll never get myself in a long distance relationship was I'll, and this is not to sound cocky or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I already had so many options of women to date yeah, around yeah. me. Yeah, you know, um, I lived in I lived in Abbotsford for a huge part of my life. I used, uh, I dated women from North Van, Vancouver, BC. I mean, uh, Burnaby and everything. And I I saw no point of engaging myself in a relationship with a woman who it's far away, who lives hours or like thousands of miles away. Yeah. You know, but again, you never really choose who you get to fall in love with yeah. at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I kind of um, ate my own words there. Uh, and the reason why I never wanted to get married, um, I just, marriage is a, it has its, it has its, it's a big thing. It has its mm-hmm. importance. It's yeah. its values. It has its, uh, it's arguably one of the biggest commitments you can make to another person. It is. Or in your life, to be completely yeah. honest. Mm-hmm. But most people get married, they don't even know what they're committing to. 
and and and, and I think that people do it because it's a it's a traject life trajectory that's the social norm normality. They like to right? use it what as like a they, use, they like to use it as like a milestone. Well, it's a storyboard, right? It's yeah. like you do this, you go to school, then you you know meet somebody, you settle down, you have you yeah, marry yeah, and yeah. have kids. Like, like that's like, like the playing white a fucking video game kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but, but for me, that was that was terrible because I never wanted to fit myself in a picture that everybody else has painted for themselves. Yeah, right. You know? And I try to get as far away from that as possible, you know, and the biggest thing for me was, yes, I wanted a long-term relationship, you know, and that was, could be common laws. You could have kids with this person if you want, if I wanted to. Um, But I didn't want to have the whole, you're married, government, this, this, and that involved in there, you know. Um, So I wanted to have a happy, fulfilling relationship, but, uh, marriage had nothing to do with a happy, fulfilling relationship. Mm. There's so many people who are married, but very unhappy. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I never saw marriage as a something to aim up to. You know, uh, but when we got confronted with the reality, it's like, hey, this woman that I love is American. Mm-hmm. You know, and at that point, it was it was easier for her to come up here, but it was harder to disrupt um, her life because she also has a teenage daughter. Oh, okay. You know, so you can't really uproot, you know. You can't really, it's it's not just her who has to come. She exactly, to it's more herself. than one person. Mm-hmm. There is this other young girl who is trying to create friendships, who is trying to um, find herself. Yeah, at a very pivotal part of her yeah. life, I'm, you know, I would imagine. So. You know, and then just uproot her and say, hey, um, I found a man in Canada. We're going to move. We're going to move. And of course, me and... You're going to put all that kind of, (laughs) you know, rejection on you or, or, uh, you know, she's going to feel a lot of hate towards you, I'm assuming, if she, if, if I know, her mom made you, made her move. Yeah, but it's, I think it's, uh, with her, it ended up being, um, I focused mainly on creating just a good relationship with with her, you know, and mainly as a teenager, she's very kind of held back. She holds her emotions back. She's trying to say, hey, I've never had a man come over here and be in a relation with my wife, my, my mom, and stick around. Right. Mm-hmm. Why should I trust this one? Mm-hmm. You know, so I I took that path as, I'm not going to be here to replace your dad, you know, because you have your dad. That's completely fine. You know, um, I'm here to, to be, a, I'll be a stepdad. I won't tell you what to do, you know, but I'll be here to support you in whatever way, shape or form that I can, mm-hmm. you know? And even when she sometimes becomes a typical teenager, <laughs> you know, I don't take that personally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, nah, this is not about me. Mm-hmm. You know, this is just her going through life trying to figure things out, you know? And my, uh, my wife has been a very good communicator as far as, cause she's, she's had to raise her, of 16 years mm-hmm. and she every time when i feel like i don't know what's happening i would go back to my to my wife i'm like baby i'm struggling with this you know i'd be like there's some things that were said there's some things were done i'm just trying to figure out what this actually means yeah you know and then she would kind of clarify things for me so um to me holding on to that label of i am not married 
was not as important to compare to being in one place with the woman I love mm-hmm. and have a and have a life that we both enjoy mm-hmm. and invest in. So yeah. So so leading into the, actually the next topic we were talking about, which is why um, we've noticed or I don't know exactly where the where the study or anything came out, but what's been sh- what's been shown is in recent times is the divorce rate has been gone up quite significantly, like a lot. Yeah. Whether that's due to COVID or whatever. No, well, I think over like it's been a it's kind been of up, of- uh, you know. Well, just over the past like mm-hmm. few decades, I'd probably say it's been a kind of continuously growing yeah. statistic. And then lots of cheating and all that kind of stuff. What's your so? Let me ask you this: What's your view on cheating, and why do you think people do it? And why do you don't think? Why do you think people would just? What? Why doesn't it make more sense to just end the relationship and then go off and have your fun or whatever? Why do people still stay in a relationship? Because of the thrill of cheating, or is it because like what do you what do you think is the concept behind some why, people that do that? Why do people? The question is, why do people go out there, find other people to have sex with, and then go back to the relationship that they happen to be in? Yeah. <laughs> uh, fuck. It's a, it's a it's a yeah it's a it's I, I have looked into that a bit. Um, one is because I'm in the space, obviously, but um, even in my own I, even in my own life. Um, I find everybody has got temptations, man. You know, mm-hmm. um, and this is the thing that once you're in a relationship, once you get married, most people try to act like we lose all these natural instincts, mm-hmm. all, all these sexual natural instincts for other people. Of course, yeah. You know, um, and we start denying the fact that, hey, you might be a married man or a married woman and walk in a grocery store and see someone else and you're like, oh, gosh, mm. this man or woman is beautiful. You know, and I think one is we tend to suppress these natural instincts, natural emotions. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course, you could say there are things like COVID that it's kind of forced people to stay, spend a little bit more, a lot more time than we we are used to. Might have uh, expedited the whole divorce rates and people getting fed up with one another. Um, But when it comes to people going out there and coming back, it's, I think there's a lot to do with not having um, an understanding of how you're going to deal with those emotions when they arise, how you're going to deal with um, being attracted to other people outside the marriage when that happens, you know, so. You don't know how to process them. You don't know how to, that's one, you don't know how to process them. Two, you, these are feelings that, are natural, you know, if you mm-hmm. try to suppress nature, nature is always going to win, <laughs> you know, Facts. No, no matter how much you try to yeah, suppress it, 100%. you know, so, um, I'm going to talk, I mean, specifically in my own relationships, of me, course, and, yeah. me, me and my wife, we talk about these things, you know, we talk about, um, like I talk about to her, some other women that I, I like, that I find sexually attractive. I'm like, yeah, she's, she's my friend and she's sexually attractive. You know, I find myself sexually attracted to her, you know, but, I make a choice, you know, it's being faithful. It doesn't ha- it doesn't happen by default or shouldn't happen by default. Right. Yeah. You know, it's something that you have to consciously do. You know, these are things that you have to decide and say, I mean, I'm going to speak for my process here is uh, when every time I see a beautiful woman and a few women have made my, themselves quite available to me, 
mm-hmm. sexually that all they all they need is for me to say, hey Evans, I can come spend spend time at your place or whatever. Um or we can come, you can come to my place or whatever. But yeah. it's more like me telling myself whenever I feel these urges, Evans, let's say this happens. Here are the pros, here are the cons. Mm. With the values that you have, with the values that you've clearly defined for yourself, what route are you going to take? Right. Yeah. You know, and it's very hard to have those clear um, values that identify you as a person, as a man, and see that if I go have sex with this like this new woman, yes, it'll be exciting. It's going to be an adventure. You know, it's going to be this new feeling. But these are the pros. I'm not. I don't want to discount them. Mm-hmm. What are the disadvantages? One is. I have a woman who truly believes in me and trusts me, you know, and who is devoted to making this relationship work. Two, I have values that say that faithfulness is something I demand of myself and my, of my partner. Mm-hmm. And this action is going to go against that value as a man. If I can't stand for my values, who am I as a man? I also have a daughter in my case. You know, so finding things to ground yourself on, mm-hmm. you know, and I also find fulfillment in my own relationships, in my own relationships. So it's not like I'm trying to escape something from my relationship. Right. Yeah. You know, and I look at the positives that my relationship has, you know, and something I also do is every night around 9, 9 p.m. when I'm preparing myself to go to bed. Yeah, I go to bed at 10 p.m. every day. <laughs> hey, man. Same. <laughs> Um, so every every night before I hop on the shower, there is a notification that pops up on my message on my on my phone is what are you grateful for today? Mm. And some of the things is my personal life, my coaching practice, my wife, my daughter. What are you grateful for in these people? And when you learn to define those things every day clearly, I think. It's, not, it's never going to take away the, ur- the, the urge to want to have sex with other people. That's mm-hmm. always going to be there. Yeah, of course. You know, Human you can, nature. You can never deny that. But it's going to allow me to see things clear each and every time and make the right decision mm-hmm. each and every time. Yeah. I, I kind of wanted to play like a little devil's advocate here. Um, I, I like obviously the, the list of pros and cons in a situation like that is, is very heavily outweighed for the pros or sorry for the cons of, of acting on a sexual urge, right? Yeah. Like in, in, in these circumstances. So let's say, um, cause you're, you're open about, um, you know, being sexually attracted to, um, you know, maybe an ex lover or, um, somebody who, um, you know, maybe you've you've been with in the past, and and you love very very str- uh, strongly, or or somebody who you've um, loved in the past. Yeah, and say something. I'm gonna I'm gonna put there quickly. I never go back to the women that I've had sex with ever. Yeah, I was I was I was. That's kind of exactly where it went. <laughs> okay. But that's I was a dark I was, road, bro. I was, no, I was just gonna play that play that game as far as like yeah. if if that opportunity, or I, I wouldn't call it opportunity, but if that experience ever came up or showed itself in your life as far as that person that you know you still do you know have a love for 
and they showed back up in your life for whatever reason, yeah. would do you think that it it poses more of a, I guess, a challenge as far as um, making a longer list of pros and cons? Um, in my in my experience, I find that once I end a relationship, I fully close that door. Right. You know, I don't hold on to. I don't go back fantasizing about. Let's You're say not it was, like it was the good sex that we had. Yeah. You know, and all this. I'm like that was. I will normally just put them in a category as that was a, an amazing experience. Yeah. You know, an experience that made me the person I am today. Yeah. You know, you don't like woulda, shoulda, coulda kind of like, oh, this could have worked out if, you know, something else could have happened or you don't find yourself, you know, going back. No, I mean, I have a few times I don't want to say I've never. Right. But it's not something. Oh, lead me into my next question. But it's, it's, it's not something that I spend a lot of time or attention on. Um, and, and it's most people say that, yeah, I can't help it. I can't help it. But have these feelings for this person. I can't help it. But have this. You can you can train yourself, mm-hmm. you know, and we, it's our, the things that we are used to is because you spend a lot of time getting used to them. Well, mm-hmm. you're training yourself to do, you know, the opposite of, you know, what you know is right for you. Exactly. And once you know that this is the right thing to do, you can, you can do things to get better at seeing having clarity during difficult times, you know, it's just that, are you disciplined enough mm. to do that? Mm. You know, but yeah, I think that's a really powerful statement. Yeah, no, the, the discipline I mean, every, every so far, like 20 times off this podcast, I just want to fucking mic drop. But, <laughs> you um, can't mic drop this. Yeah, I can't mic drop this. It's the expensive mic, but uh, the whole table yeah, over. Just, <laughs> it took me a while to set this shit up. So, yeah. Um, but what do you, do you believe that um, people can, like how you're saying, like obviously you close the doors once that relationship up. But do you believe that, like, if so, you guys end a relationship, you're both still single. Do you believe that people can get back together, or there needs to be a, a certain amount of time that is spent between apart from each other to be able to reinitiate that relationship and make it healthy again? Um, I would say it's it has more to do with the issues that took you two apart in the first mm-hmm. place. Um, not. Re- no amount of time, no um, amount of space apart will ever solve the issues unless you you and that person whom, let's say, is your ex, decide to say, hey, we were terrible communicators because we would yell at one another each and every time. And yeah. that's what I find I found like we had to break up. Yeah. Mm. Or you are, um, it could be physically abusive, which I would never tell somebody to go to back to someone who's, oh, yeah. who's physically abusive to them. Um, but unless if those issues that, took you two apart, a result you have talked about and you have um, found solutions that have been clearly and clearly communicated to both parties that, hey, this problem that we had is not supposed to happen again. And I have worked on it by being a better listener. Mm-hmm. I have worked on it by appreciating you more in the things that you do. And if this is a practice that I do on a regular basis, I have worked on it by taking care, taking better care of myself. I have worked on it by taking the uh, bad influences as far as people mm-hmm. who are feeding me maybe lies mm-hmm. uh, in my life that made the situation even worse. I have taken that 
away. And I am willing, and we, and both parties are willing to go back and be in a relationship and cater to one another and have forgiven one another. Yeah. You know? um, and that's the thing. Uh, you can't, if somebody hurts you so much, you know, even though you might have worked on it, if you chose, if you choose not to forgive them, that's, nothing's going to work. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if somebody cheated on you, if, if let's say a man or a partner cheated on you and that is still a pain point in your life, there's no way you're going to go back and fully love that person and fully be vulnerable because you already know that there's history of mistreatments there. Yeah. You were vulnerable and they took advantage of it. Exactly. Yeah, mentally, you're not able to move past that. It's always going to be, yeah. you know, a part of your future and your, your present, right? I mean, if you can, then all the better for you. But, you know, the success rate on that is very low. Like, not a lot of people can get past that kind of thing. Yeah. No, I would say with most exes, uh, there's, yes, pe- people mess up. Mm-hmm. You know? And I'm not saying that people should not get uh, second chances or whatever. Yeah. But um, whenever something doesn't doesn't work out, with one person, uh, as I mentioned earlier, just learn from it and 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 be be more diligent in in your, in your coming yeah. relationship, so that you don't make the same mistake again. You yeah. might make other mistakes. That fine. That's fine. Yeah. But it's uh clearly understanding your values and not letting anyone, no matter their positional um, status in your life. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think that that's the biggest thing too is when you're getting back into a relationship with someone else that you were already with, is people dread. Or tend to just keep going back to that same situation while you guys keep working. I mean, you don't move past it. No, right? no, it's it's a it's a terrible place to be. You know, nobody wants to like. Even me, I'm a very confident man, but I'll never be a person that's going to make myself vulnerable to someone who maybe hurt me in the past, and I feel like mm-hmm. I cannot trust them. You know, it's a mm-hmm. no matter how confident I might be, mm-hmm. if I cannot get myself past that, yeah. you know, if I can't forgive, uh, I will sometimes. Uh, I have, for, I have forgiven people in different scenarios is just to give myself that peace of mind that yeah. that mm-hmm. forgiveness is not, even if that person is still a shitty person, which some people will be shitty people for, for a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Am I supposed to curse in this? Family? You can curse as yeah, much as you fucking want. <laughs> you know, so I can I've, do whatever you want. <laughs> I've already thrown a few in there and now I'm asking. But, <laughs> uh, but if, uh, if you find that you cannot associate yourself with that person, yeah. still forgiveness is, is possible. You know, you don't have to all like, bring back a relationship that's ended that uh, that was hurtful, but uh, you can forgive that person. So forgiveness, I find, is for the person who is forgiving, not mm-hmm. the person who is being forgiven. Yeah, You know, you you value yourself enough to say that I choose to not live in fear. You know, I choose, I forgive this person who cheated on me so that I don't live in fear of not maybe not wanting to be vulnerable in the next relationship. Mm-hmm. Because by me not forgiving the person who hurt me that means i'm going to not only hurt myself but i'm, going, I'm also going to hold back from the next person yeah who i'm going to get in a relationship with so uh yes uh forgiving one uh, what i was trying to say that forgiveness yeah, is, yeah. is a personal thing but um yes people can work on things one is uh both of them need to be willing to work on it yeah and uh those issues need to be uh, fully resolved and I don't want to, depending on the issue, some issues will always repeat themselves. Mm -hmm. Uh, But having ways to uh, address those issues, if or should they happen in the future. Yeah. 
do you um sorry I was well, I totally forgot where I was going with that. But um, what would you say to kind of close this off here? Because uh, I didn't even realize it's been an hour and a half. But <laughs> I feel uh, like we could talk for yeah, we could probably honestly. go forever. This yeah. won't be the last time that you'll be You're on the a podcast. Information. What yeah. would you say for because obviously, like a lot of your clients are guys, mainly, the, right? A, a huge part of them are guys, but I have a huge uh, chunk of them who yeah. are. And are are some of them even? Would you consider like also just like a, a couple too? I've, like, I've I've coached couples. Um, this the sticky point with couples that I've I mean at least the ones I've coached is that um, it's only one of them most of the times who's willing to do the work yeah and the other one is not either acknowledging that there's an issue or sometimes acknowledging there's an issue but not willing to do the work because they're not mm. willing to said willing so many times there um, uh, but they're not open to admitting that they're wrong they're not open to being vulnerable you know and that becomes a very um, a very difficult place where one of them is and the other one is not. And, you know, it's not, I'm not like a therapist that somebody can come to and we of can course. have different sessions because yeah. I'm off a coach. Um, so in some, some scenarios like that, I'll say, Hey, you need a, a relationship therapist, mm. yeah. you know, and that's where I think cause they will need that continuous support mm. over, over and over again. Yeah. yeah. Um, I posted this on my story and I was reposting a, a good friend of mine. His name's Ian Vallier. You probably don't know him. You know who he is. Yeah. But um, he posted something that was really like very, very true. He said the reason why there's divorce rate and relationships end so quickly nowadays is because a lot of people are not willing to try and work on something when something's broken. They're just a lot, a lot easier for them to just give up, just kind of put it away. But I feel like when you do something like that, you bring you still bring that on to the next relationship. Yeah, you may close one chapter, yeah. but that doesn't necessarily mean you fixed it. Yeah. No, and and that's the thing I feel we whatever we we are deficient at cuz we we are human beings we're not we're not the best at everything, you know. <laughs> whatever we're deficient at, um if we don't work on it when it's happening right now in this relationship or friendship or whatever, it's always going to keep coming up yeah. until give it the emphasis, the the attention it deserves. Because I find that most of these issues or most of these problems are it's there are things that are supposed to teach you something. Yeah. There's things that are supposed to open you up as a person in a certain way and and you they're not supposed to be ignored. It's not something you can just sweep under the rug and say, mm-hmm. I don't want to open that. And I find with most men, when it comes to things that involve emotional openness, Mm-hmm. We we don't want to open that Pandora box because we have no idea what's in there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. easier for us to keep it closed. Conscious shit, we don't keeps even, going yeah. and going and going. Absolutely, yeah. and and it's 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 something that we are used to uh, having locked away and say, you know what, I don't want to touch that. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to. I don't want to talk about emotions. You know, can we? It's, can we not talk about that? Can you? You know, and and it's it's tough because we are emotional beings, man. It's you know, it's it's something that we can't we can't completely ignore. It's like telling a lion to become a vegan, or like to just go and eat plants or whatever. I mean, I'm sure we can turn lions vegans. I mean, I'm a vegan. <laughs> I don't know. No, I'm not saying anything against no, I'm vegans. I'm saying the the animal <laughs> no, nature you. side. But no, no, no. You, you, <laughs> I had a I had an issue a while ago where I was because um, I've been vegan for almost a year and a half, a little over a year and a half now, um, and we have a dog. You know? Oh, okay. And, you know, 
our dog eats a raw, like a raw diet, you know, oh, so okay. it's just all meat and mm-hmm. everything. So the only form of meat that's in the house is, or unless your wife is, uh, my wife is also too? vegan. Okay. Uh, my daughter, my stepdaughter, my teenage daughter is like, oh, you're not, or you are, I am vegan. You are vegan. Yes. Yeah. Being for yeah, you and a half. I just can't do that, man. I'm yeah. just not, I'm not, I don't have the mental willpower to do that. I, so it, it is a mental willpower. Yeah. So, so you, you go and you buy the meat specifically for the, just for, for the dog, for the dog. <laughs> so I'll, I'll walk out of Costco and, and like I have this either Costco or butcher nearby a home and I have all these meats and I'm like, look at me being vegan. And I'm like, <laughs> still buying meat. those dogs eating the A5 Wagyu though. No, but it's it, for me, I kind of, you know, I stop identifying, um, um, vegan as the only because some people will they will grab to an identity mm. and we paint everything else in our lives yeah. with that brush of identity you know without kind of stepping back and saying what is the right thing in this particular scenario yeah. you know and for me it was like, like this is a dog mm. you know they were this is their natural mm-hmm. food for them to eat mm-hmm. yeah I mean, their, 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 their chemistry their, their stomachs and everything the way they're set up is to digest food quickly, not hold food in there. I'm really happy you're not one of those vegans that are yeah. just like fucking plants everything. <laughs> so thank God no, no, the dog um, the dog joins me yeah. on the diet too. <laughs> um, to kind of like make this a little bit more of a up upbeat yeah. end of the podcast. What are you? What are some activities you think that couples can do that will help reinforce and build their relationship and make it more adventurous or more fun? <sighs> Data ideas or whatever the case may be, maybe you just might be sitting down, just hashing it out. Who knows? I mean, it's it's different for every for every couple, mm-hmm. you know, depending on their personalities. You of know, course, some, yeah. some people will be completely uh, super high energy. All they want to do is go hike every mm-hmm. day. Um, if they're an extrovert couple or an introvert couple, kind of a thing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I find uh, things like doing things together without an objective. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it could be. Picking up a pick up a recipe, you know, you know, it's we all love to eat. Yeah. You know, or go to cooking class when things open up with COVID and everything. You know, um, this is a class where none of you is expected to be a master, so you're actually all doing something at the same time while enjoying it. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Uh, so you, that's one thing I would say. Cooking classes are great. Uh, pot- pottery. Mm. You know, making pots. Anything yeah. that helps and reinforce learn, which kind of shows you guys that you can work together, learn, right? I Ex- guess exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's one of those things where you can, um, you can create something together. Mm. You know, the the it's not about uh, one being better than than that in that particular yeah. no uh, competition. Team. Exactly. You know, take a. We already have a teamwork. Yeah, teamwork. Exactly. You know, it kind of builds that sense of oneness. Mm. So there is that. Um, I would say, what are some of the cool activities to do? I find that a lot of people have also just gone on like, just like get in the car or taking off for a week. Just drive somewhere. Just drive. Yeah. Now, that, that for me is something I would do. I have, I find myself wanting to avoid wanting to do that. Wanting to avoid to not lean to that a lot because mm-hmm. I could get in a car and drive for like 10 hours. And that's, that's, <laughs> that's my, that's my habit. Yeah. Yeah. My wife doesn't want to be in the car that long. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you got to restrict yourself from it sometimes. Yeah, exactly. So I go have, missing for a week, just driving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I have to find myself. Um, and I would say pick something that the other person enjoys, you know, um, and fully commit to enjoying it with them. Mm-hmm. 
you know, so if you're if you're a lady who loves watching football, you know, invite your man to come and watch football with you. You know, I know most times it's kind of the vice versa, but mm. um, no, if you're a lady who likes going hiking, ask your man to come with you and make sure that you make that commitment that I'm going to cater to something that matters to you. Yeah. You know, you know, I'm going to cater to something that matters to you and you're going to cater to something that matters to me at some point, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's not a tit for tat, but it's more of we're in this together. What matters to you is also a big, big deal to me. So I have that rule where what's super important to my wife mm-hmm. is just as important to me. Yeah. You know, some sure. things, some things are not, but it's more like, yeah, it has to be. That also helps you just reinforce the perspective of that they, of that they, they play when they do those things too. Right. Yeah. So that's important. And another one that I would say is, uh, dancing, dancing, oh, dancing. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm a big dancer. My wife is a mm. big dancer. Um, but dancing kind of gives you that sense of playfulness, mm. you know, and, and I think that's, that's drained so much with everyday activities from working yeah. to uh, taking care of families that we lose that sense of playfulness with one another. Yeah. You know, everything becomes so serious. Take care of this, pay this bill, do that, do the yeah. other. Mm. And you, 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 you stop being friends. You stop being kids together. Yeah. You right. Know? You know, so, uh, and I find dancing, um, especially things like ballroom dancing, that's how I met my wife, by yeah. the way. Um, oh, really? <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna ask either on or off the show. Yeah. I was gonna ask you how yeah. you met her. That's how, that's how I met my wife, and she came and chased me down, like, like down the, down the Just hall. Typical love story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, just because one, it's when you touch someone else, you know, and it's just our hands have got so much. They have so much ability to connect with the. With, with the other person, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, especially when the other person allows themselves to be vulnerable around you, mm-hmm. you know, when a, when your woman allows herself to be vulnerable around your presence, you find that something like you holding her close, you know, most couples who have been together for, I would say, two, three, four, five years, they don't hug anymore, mm-hmm. you know, so just hug your hug your partner, either if you like salsa, if you like bachata, if you like. Uh, tap dancing or whatever, just hold hands and tap dance your way into uh, like into the evening. Yeah. You know? Intim- intimacy. Yeah. It's important. You know, um, another cool thing we d- you can do is uh, read to one another. Never, never even heard or thought of that. Yeah. So, Actually, it might be. So sitting down on a couch, let's say you could do it once every, every week. You know, sit down on a couch. Me and my wife, normally when I'm down in Portland, we do it every day. You know, I find that because when you read, you there's a lot of knowledge we're getting, but when you're just doing it by yourself, yeah. you find that you're immersing yourself in a world that is might become really important. If you're reading something and you're enjoying it, that's a perspective, that's a world you're traveling in. Mm-hmm. And the other person doesn't really get to travel in that world with you. you know. But when you start um, every now and then read something, uh, a book together or read a poem or a yeah. ch- uh, like a child like novel whatever mm-hmm. it kind of allows you to one is just slow time down you know slow down the time and mm-hmm. say hey this is just you and i you know it's, it's it's the quality of saying that i'm i don't have my phone with me mm-hmm. you know and that's another big issue i'm sure uh, most people are having nowadays where um a friend of mine just came one the other day she was she had she had seen this new guy and 
halfway to spending the night, the guy goes on his phone, you know? Mm. Yeah. And it's one of those things where we can't really sit still and say, hey, this is our time. I'm going to give my attention to you. Yeah. We, have, we, we always want a distraction, you know? And sometimes we fail to realize or stop and say, wow, what is this thing distracting me from? It's distracting me from connecting with my wife. It's distracting me from uh, reaching out to people that matter the most to me because yeah. I'm always on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. So uh, when you can kind of take back, take away every, everything like technology, yeah, just get out there and do your thing, man. It's, yeah. it's, 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 yeah. it's, it's beautiful. So, I can see how reading a book to your spouse is just like important because you're really like, it's nothing. It's just like you listening and trying to like get the story from them. Books, mm. especially to women, books books can be one of those pornographic content. You know, mm. we, we now think as just uh, like videos and everything. Women can literally, if anyone anyone listening or watching this, make sure that you go and uh, listen to the audio. It's called uh, My Secret Garden by Nancy Friday. Fucking shit. It's, that sounds like a... <laughs> it's, uh, it's, a it's, it's an audio book that I listen to and it's about women fantasies. Oh, know? okay. Yeah, and it's crazy. You know, just the things that if you get into the world of how women think, how women, like, women are so creative, mm-hmm. you know, as far as the imagination. Yeah. It's crazy, you know, and, but they took the time, they take the time to do this and a woman can sit down and read a book and she can get aroused and even climax from yeah. reading a book. Wow. That's yeah. incredible. Because yeah. they, they, they can formulate, they can create those sensations and they can feel them, you know, and right. the more you do this as a man with your partner, you know, you can see how intense these things are to her. Mm-hmm. And when she gets to do them with your presence and allow, um, some women might be, because that might be their very, a very sacred space for them in order yeah. for them to do that. But you can create that sense yeah. of trust where they can feel completely open to do it with yeah. you. And, you. And it's just. Yeah, you just connect that's, on. Yeah, that's amazing. You connect on such a deep intellectual level that like not a lot of people can get down there that yeah. deep, right? Most people are scared to get there, but it's yeah. just. Everything that's there, if you create the right environment, it's, gosh, it's beautiful. Yeah, you know, it's it's such an amazing place. So I'd say find find things that, um, nothing is ever too boring. You know, yeah. explore. Mm. Explore. You know? Yeah. Now another cool thing I'll say. Uh, last one here. Uh, yeah. Hey man, keep going. <laughs> Pop off, bro. Uh, last one is uh, massage. Massage. Learn how to give your partner a massage. You know what we're doing after this. <laughs> uh, I'll give you guys the room. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, there is something about uh, again physical touch. Okay, that's my language, man. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, if you're doing it to a woman, especially in this doesn't even have to be a long term partner. It can, it can be a woman whom you've started seeing with like once or twice. Mm. You know, and this was also one of the things that help me with um, erectile dysfunction is because I took away everything that was happening at that particular time. I was like, okay, it's me and this woman, Mm. you know? So if you have a partner, um, you can do this with as well, where you get yourself some good coconut oil, you know? um, (laughs) Coconut oil, that's OG there. Exactly. (laughs) You know, butt naked on the bed, you know, you're essentially just rubbing and helping this woman just into like into this ease environment you know and if she trusts you she's going to kind of clear up breathe easy relax and the way the more woman relaxes the 
the the more comfortable she gets around you and the juices in her body start flowing, she gets even wetter. Um, and from there, it allows you to fully be present because if you're truly catering to your woman, giving her a massage, mm-hmm. there's no way, and she's truly enjoying it and you're being present with her body fully, mm-hmm. there's no way you're going to be thinking about other things and not, yeah. You know, you know, so you take the time to slow things down and just massage her. And at that at the end of the day, you two, once you're done with that massage, you'll have the greatest sex of your life. Yeah. Just just so you know, guys like massages too. So just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's going to be fired up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes, it, it, and it goes both ways. And sometimes, and it's and now a massage is a thing where it's like you do it to one per- partner one time, and yeah. then the next time the other partner does it to you or whatever the case mm-hmm. is. But when you decide to do that tit for tat, let me massage you and uh, and you're gonna massage me, sometimes it kind of takes away, it becomes that, it's like an obligation. Yeah, right. Right. It's like, right. now we have to, yeah. Yeah, no, it's like, no, I'm just gonna massage you, just relax. Yeah. You know, this this is your time, this is mm-hmm. your moment, I'm taking care of you. Mm-hmm. you know? So it's it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, man, that's, uh, that's a lot of knowledge bombs. You I feel like we could just whole, keep going. Yeah, like, we can keep hours, going, but man, we'll, we'll honestly, save that like... for the next few episodes because <laughs> we know, we know you're always back and forth between the United yeah. States here. So yeah, we'll have to definitely get good. you back on again. And, no, man, and this talk, is, talk some more with you, man. Yeah. Yeah. I love what you guys got going on here, man. Thank you, man. It's, I appreciate uh, it. It's something that we need, um, not just as men, but as human beings, you know, mm-hmm. whatever happens to a man happens to a woman, whatever happens to a woman happens to a man. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's kind of the core foundation of why me and Nick started this is because, uh, you know, like I was talking to you earlier, yeah. we're both fucking sensitive little pussies, right? <laughs> and <laughs> nine times out of we own it though. We yeah, own it. yeah, nine times like most. Uh, that's see, you say you say willingness all the time. I say nine times out of ten, so many goddamn fucking times. <laughs> you but, can trademark that. Shit. Yeah, we can <laughs> trademark it. Yeah. But uh, like for the most part, whenever like me and Nick went to went through something, it was just you know us two talking about it like with each other and we've gone to the point now where if we piss each other off we can tell each other like that mm-hmm. right and that's something that we can also carry on to other friendships right because i was super bad at that i was so fucking you fucking fuck you i was a stubborn motherfucker <laughs> right so like yeah yeah you're not the only stubborn yeah, one. Yeah. yeah damn it i thought i was special <laughs> what's happening here <laughs> but um yeah i just i we find that like you know a lot of guys not even guys like obviously a lot of guys listen to this podcast but just in general like a lot of people are very scared to just be open and talk about just everything, right? Because we live in a world where you gotta like protect yourself all the time. And it doesn't have to be that. We all mm-hmm. want we all want the same thing. We all want somebody we can love. We all want somebody we can feel comfortable with. If it's another guy that we can talk to, you know, yeah. we all want to be accepted at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's not like the other, if we are fully vulnerable and completely um, open, you'll find that the other person will understand how you feel mm-hmm. you know but when you think you're the only person that feels that and you yeah. try to hide it from everybody else yeah it's it's like oh i feel this way like i need to express myself the other person feels like they need to express themselves yeah and you do not and when things boil up that's when you like everything blows up so yeah, yeah exactly well like the thing the thing is about well, being being vulnerable too is like yes you're taking a risk you could get hurt but at the same time if you try if you get hurt and you close back up you're not going to grow anymore you know what I mean? Like, so you have to be able to, to be vulnerable, get hit, 
and try to process that and try to stay open, right? Because if you get, if you're open, you close back up. It's not like you're not going anywhere. Gosh, I thought we were ending this, but now you're bringing that in. I want to tell this story. Hey, this, go, go for it. Go for it. This, this is a, this is a story of the first time I got publicly rejected by a woman. Oh, Oof. damn. Like how public? We're talking like. Broad daylight, broad, broad daylight. <laughs> Starbucks, like uh, oh, Starbucks, <laughs> two of all places. Yeah, Sir, can I take your order? <laughs> <laughs> but no, it it says everything to what you what you just mentioned. Um, where I I was reading everything about getting to understand women, the psychology of attraction, um, yeah. uh, how to interact with women on a on a emotional, physical level, and everything. Yeah, and I was never taking action on those things. Oh, you know, okay. I was just reading, just equipping myself with all this knowledge without actually the execution. Mm -hmm. And one day I was doing some sort of a, I think it was a Craigslist deal at a, at a Starbucks in New West. Mm -hmm. So I walk into Starbucks and I'm like, let me get this deal done. I got to go to the beach. It was a nice summer day yeah. to enjoy myself. And then I walk in there while waiting for this guy at the patio, they had this girl who was in a, Beautiful sundress. Mm, that's just, my oh. just just effortless. Like everything yeah. about her was effortless. Yeah. You know, she was just doing her schoolwork and what whatnot on the laptop. So I was like, shit. You know, and, my time. And I was like, I told myself at that particular moment that I will never see a beautiful woman who I'm attracted to and walk away. But mm. each and every time that happened, I would walk away. I would not stand up to my word. And this time I was like, Evans, how long are you going to keep saying this and not actually act? Yeah. yeah. So that day when I was done with that Craigslist deal, I walked back to my car, pulled down the visor, and took a couple deep breaths. I was like, ah. Psych yourself up a little bit. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And just, ah. <laughs> I was like, you got this. Yeah. Like, you got this. I was, I was, I was shit scared. You trained for it, man. I was, like, I, I was like, I was shit scared. You know? <laughs> uh, but at that particular moment, I was like, Evans, there's no, I was not, I was not going to live with myself knowing that I had that opportunity and never did anything, yeah. you know, and I've ignored it for that long. So I, w I walked back into the Starbucks, approached that girl and I was close to her and I said, Hey, the first time and nothing crickets nothing i was like uh, i was like hello <laughs> hey and the third time she said no i'm not interested without oh. even looking at me oh <sighs> damn without even without even looking up i was like uh, fuck you know so I walked back to my car. The visor was still down. I saw my face and I started laughing. <laughs> I started <laughs> laughing. You know, and I was like, wow, I did it. Yeah. You know? And the main reason why I was laughing was I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a psychopath that I, uh, it's, it's like <laughs> this guy I, just laughing in his car, looking at his advisor. <laughs> she looks at him like, what the fuck? He was like, I'm glad I say no to him. God damn. <laughs> yeah. But I was the next victim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but the memories of why I said, I, I started laughing was because the vision, the imagination, the, the thought about, had about rejection was a thousand times worse than the yeah. rejection that happened. 
you know, I for me, I thought it was the it would be this life changing experience that everybody in Starbucks gets up, points exactly. that you have, like, like, your pants yeah. fall off, and you're naked all of a sudden. <laughs> That's exactly how I thought it was going to turn out. Yeah, no, but but as soon as soon as it happened, I was like, it was not that bad. Yeah, it was not that bad. So I left that Starbucks that afternoon. I went and picked up a friend, and I promised myself for that. Before that day ended, I was going to get rejected by the most beautiful women I would see that day at least 20 times at the beach. So yeah. I was walking down the beach with my eyes open, like, who, who are those gorgeous women? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And my aim was to go around and get rejected as many times as possible. And some women said yes, but that, it's not like I was never excited for the ones that said yes, even though they were 10 out of 10. Yeah. Um, but the ones that say no, that's what I was looking for. I was like, I want to walk up to a woman, and sometimes I'll be shivering. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I'm trembling. I'm like, well, it's, it's the middle of summer, and I'm like, mm. this, this guy called or something. Yeah. You, know, you know, but but it's it was because I was I was I was sh I was shit scared. Yeah. You know, and I was I was so fearful of rejection. You know, rejection was one of those things that scared the hell out of me. You know, but once. I normalized rejection. Mm -hmm. I said, it's okay to get rejected. You know, I got rejected. I think that day I, I didn't reach the 20 number. I think it was about 10, half that. 20 is a pretty big number though. Yeah. It's yeah. ambitious. Oh, <laughs> Jesus, man. Yeah, but, I don't even think I talked to 20 people in a day. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was, it was just me walking and being very mindful of the people that were around there. And, and I, I walked up to different women and I got rejected almost all the time. There was a few that said yes, but I got rejected almost all the time. And kid you or not, kid you not, three weeks or a month after that, I had probably been rejected about, I'll say at least 60 times. But and I'm talking about women that I actually found to be gorgeous. Yeah. And this was the time when I was chasing women. I would be in clubs, trying to yeah. talk to women. Trying, right. trying, trying, trying. I was doing the most, yeah. you know, essentially. <laughs> yeah. um, but a month after, it's like something changed. I was not, I would just walk into places and all of a sudden a gorgeous woman would be beside me and starts a conversation. And I'm like, what's happening here? Yeah. Mm. You know, and they'll, they'll be completely open. And a few, a few of them, they will literally even, Offer their numbers, the information. I'm like we should get together sometime. I'm yeah, like, what? I didn't even, didn't even do I was, anything. I was, like, I was like, I think I have time. Yeah, we can do that. <laughs> and I, I knew absolutely I had time. <laughs> I'll make time. I'll make time. <laughs> yeah, so, but but it was it was the the mentality that the thing that was stopping me from dating the women I wanted was the fear mm -hmm. that I had. The thing, this 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 terrible picture I had a. Attached to getting rejected mm. was stopping me from having the 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 dating life that I truly truly desired, you know. And and it's something that most men struggle with yeah. till today. It's it's not that women say no to them. It's not that they're terrible human beings. Mm -hmm. It's just that they reject themselves before the women do it. Yeah. Damn. And, and something they don't realize is that if they face that fear, because that fear is. You can reduce this impact, but it's most—it's never going to go away. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you can take action regardless. Mm -hmm. But once you start acting regardless of the fear, you find that most women actually want to spend time with you. 
Mm-hmm. Most women want to get to know you. You know, most women, there's a lot of women that, pr- that probably find you attractive. It's just that you have disqualified yourself mm-hmm. with the stories you tell yourself where you ha- everything has to be perfect. You have to make sure that you know that this girl is not going to reject you before mm-hmm. you make yeah. that move. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, it's just, it's just, it's also like because of so many times you've also just like been rejected, you start to now build this confidence, right? You just walk around like, fuck it, I'm going to get rejected. What's the worst that's going to happen? Exactly. Well, so you, yeah. You, like knowledge you, of knowing, like, what's, what's the worst that'll happen? I walk away from this and I just talk to just a pretty girl. Like, yeah. you know? No, I, 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 a few times I was, there was a few times I dated three girls at one time. You know, I was like, I'm just getting to know them. So, yeah. You know, and I was like, this is too much. Yeah. You know, it, it gets to a point where I had to set cutting women off. I'm like, okay, I don't see this going anywhere. So you know, I'm not really interested in this girl because of this. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just, it became that, okay, I'm no longer chasing them. Now I can sit back and truly get to understand them. Who are they really? Mm-hmm, what right. do I find interesting about this particular woman? Yeah. Before I invest any more time, before I waste maybe her time or mine. Do I want to pursue this? And this is sometimes, unfortunately, only possible when you feel like you're worth it, when you feel like you have options, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah. Yeah, you're reinforcing your character and then you're seeing all these other people. You start to, that's when you start to build your values, your morals, and then you start to reflect on yourself a lot. Because you're not chasing. Exactly. Yeah, you're not yeah. chasing. You're not You're not trying to hold on in, to, to, to pursue each and every woman that looks at you. Yeah. You know, you, you, you actually walk taller you 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 see people for who they really are mm-hmm. not just trying to see them as sexual beings so trying to see women as only being sexual beings because you're desperate mm-hmm. you know? and when you're desperate that's the only thing unfortunately that you end up seeing mm-hmm. yeah you know? but when you step back and give yourself time and see the value that you can offer and they um and see who you are and truly get to understand yourself and you're like okay yeah so that's and that's what leads to possibly getting into a healthy relationship. No, it's most people are like, oh, <laughs> you can't mic drop yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Did it for him. <laughs> yeah, but no, most people look at uh, relationships as something that completes them. You know, I'm like, no, no, no. my woman doesn't complete me. She compliments mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. You know, because she's a complete person as she is, and I am. Co- I'm a complete person as I am. Yeah, you know, we are two individuals that have decided to be together in a relationship you know she's not there to complete me because i am complete as a man and i have i'm like i don't play a place in completing her because she understands her values she knows what she brings you know what she knows what what she brings on the table and and that's the thing that i look at i'm like okay once you know your value once you find somebody who else who knows their value that's when you can say okay with our values how can we build Mm-hmm. You know, a future that we both are going to enjoy. We are going to be proud of being in. Mm. Fucking couldn't have said it any better than us. <laughs> <laughs> oh my um, gosh! But I'm definitely man, gonna go back and re-listen to this. Uh, yeah, I'm like just gonna many times. It's many times. My, it's just gonna set as my alarm. My uh, <laughs> my, my two and a, two hours and four minute alarm. Oh gosh, that's a long year. <laughs> no, we've we've gone longer. We've gone up to three hours. I think. Oh, okay, I no, think. It's, uh, maybe or three. Uh, hour and a half two hours and a half yeah no there's there's a lot that i'm trying to um i'm trying to change as far as when as far as how men look at themselves and Mm -hmm. and because believe it or not you as a man um 
you are a leader in your relationship, mm -hmm. you know, and this is not to say that women uh, are not uh, valuable. No, it's just to say that most times a woman will want to trust you to make the decisions in your relationships. A woman will look up to you, you know, even though you both love one another, she will want to know that she can trust your decision-making yeah. abilities, you know, and um, unfortunately that's, uh, that's something of, uh, there is some human conditioning. There is also evolution that has kind of set up, set us up for that. So it's going to be a lot of undoing if you want to reverse that, which is a lot of work, but we can be the kind of people who get in relationships with women whom we find drop dead gorgeous, who have the values, who we can be proud of in the long run. You know, mm. and that's what I think that's the biggest thing that I want to teach men is that mm. um, one, you don't have to settle, you know, a, a partner worth having a life worth living has it's nothing to do with settling. You know, you determine what that life is. You know, you get very clear with that and you try to align your actions because it's your daily actions. No, it's not it's not something you say once it's not something you do every anniversary or whatever you know that that shapes your relationship it's the way you approach your relationship on a day-to-day -day basis you know it's the way you treat yourself that will teach a woman who is this person I'm with mm. you know if you're the type of person that you wish you would have had certain life but all you do is just come back home and bitch about it every day mm. you know you're gonna teach a woman not to respect you yeah you know, and over time, she's going to be like, yeah, this is what he deserves, disrespect, you know, and it's a sign that you are not living your truest self, mm -hmm. you know, and unfortunately, most times we teach the people around us how, how they should treat us, mm -hmm. you know, and if we as men can, it's not about saying like you being as manly as possible. No, it's being, being a better human being, you know. Knowing that, yes, culture might teach me one thing. Um, upbringing might condition me to something, but that's not the only thing I can be. Doesn't defy you. It, not at all. You know, mm. we, we get to, at, at a certain age, with a certain level of maturity, determine what means the most to us. And we have the ability to take daily actions. You have the ability to get up in the morning and say, hey, I want to be a a trader, you know, I have the ability to get up at 5 a.m., prep everything that I need to prep before the market opens and you mm -hmm. trade. I want to be in the best shape of my life I, want, I, I can be at, you know, not just following people and commenting on people's bodybuilders' uh, um, Instagram pages, mm -hmm. but no, just getting your ass up, go work out once or twice a day to mm -hmm. get the things that you want. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, when a woman sees that she's in a relationship with a man who knows what they want and they do what they need to do to get there mm -hmm. she's going to respect you mm -hmm. she's going to trust your presence she's going to allow herself to um be vulnerable she's going to see okay this is a man that loves me this is a man that is aligned with who he wants to be that is the energy mm -hmm. that i can rely on this is the energy i can be part of yeah. you know and from there because you're not only influencing yourself you're not just changing your life everybody around you yeah. observes you you're literally shining a light. I was watching uh, Coach Carter the other day, and there was mm -hmm. this, this clip Classic. where 
the guy is saying that uh, our biggest fear is not that we are not equipped. Oh, my favorite quote. <laughs> yeah, our biggest fear is that we are uh, powerful inadequate. beyond measure, something like that. And it is our light, not our darkness, that most shines us. There we go. There we go. And by us shining a light <laughs> brighter, we allow other people something to 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 kind of shine there or something like that. So exactly. It's, it's it's things like that. You know, it's not just um, what you do doesn't just impact you. It impacts each and every person around you, mm -hmm. you know, you choosing to up your standards and sticking to them and showing up every day, you know, you sticking to um, doing the right thing, even though that right thing might not be that uh, hot girl that you could sleep with, who is completely open to you sleeping with her, mm -hmm. you know, saying, no, you're gorgeous, you're beautiful, but I have values that I live by. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's powerful. You know, and, no woman, I mean, some women, it might actually drive them crazy. It's like, I want such a man yeah. who's got values, you, you know? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, come chill with me now. But no, it's, 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 it's things like that and saying, because I'm a, I'm a very stickler for like how my day unfolds. Mm. I'm such a routine person. Yeah. You know, I cannot be a mob gangster, man. <laughs> they'll they will observe me for one day. The next day I'll be doing the same thing. <laughs> they'll come kill me. But it's it's because yeah. every morning, like I wake up first thing in the morning, it's I um hydrate, like have a cup of water. Um within 10 minutes, I'm on my meditation pillow and meditating for 20 minutes. And then from there, I'm reading for 45, half an hour to 45 minutes. Yeah. You know, and then from there, I will look at, um, I'll read news for a bit, you know, and then from after that, I'll go for a run workout and then do this, you know. Mm -hmm. So you have to guard your the things that you value, define them, um, start that those habits that you need to, nurture those habits, and then guard them from everything else that's trying to get your attention because everything else outside there is trying to distract you from what's mm -hmm. meaningful. Mm -hmm. You know, so um it's I found refuge in in habits. You know, habits, they're boring. You know, I eat the same thing every day. Mm -hmm. You know, I almost do the same thing every day, but for me, that allows me to define what truly matters. Exactly. It allows yeah. me to take away all the noise from the outside, mm -hmm. you know, because I know my brain first thing in the morning is very suggestible. You know, if I hop on social media like Facebook or Instagram, yeah, I'm going to sponge to it, man. I'm scrolling all day. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, so I know that, okay, my environment doesn't require that first thing in the morning. Yeah. You know, and it's being able to have free will deciding on how you want to live your life as much as possible. Exactly. You know, you could, because if you don't do that, somebody else will decide it for you. Mm -hmm. And trust me, those people don't have the best intentions yeah. for you. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. so it's, it's things like that where I'm like, I guard what goes in my, in my environment because that's going to determine, you know, if I don't meditate for three days and my brain is going crazy, I have no stability. I'm not grounded. Yeah. And a hard choice comes up. Being faithful or having fun. My brain is most likely going to choose having fun. Right. You know, because I don't take time to to create that foundation. Mm -hmm. 
you know, so it, there's a lot of work that goes into the things that nobody else, uh, no, most people don't see, yeah. right? You know, that help me make the better decisions. And most men can use that where you, you do all that, you do the hurt stuff, mm. you know, like I love doing hurt shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's the fun shit. It challenges <laughs> you, man. It makes you really like, <laughs> yeah, no, things, things like fitness. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure you guys truly understand that. It's like when mm-hmm. you, when you start doing like when you start lifting, when you start being disciplined, when even the days that you don't feel like going to lift and you you get up and you go and do it. Yeah. It 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 kind of exercises that muscle of doing the right thing even when you you don't feel like doing it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and that and that's why I preach like fitness for me, one saved my life. It was an escape at first, but it saved my life. Oh yeah. yeah. Dude. It's know? yeah. We could go on and on about that. Cause I think fitness is the most important thing in anyone's life. Any form of it. it doesn't have to be go smash some weights. Be yoga, running. I, yeah. Like fucking yoga is hard as shit too, man. Oh, it dude, is, man. I cannot <laughs> for is. the life of me do like three poses. Yeah. Downward dog, that's it. That's it. That's it, man. Cat stretch, that's it. Yeah. That's it. But yeah, man. But anyways, man, we we really appreciate you hopping on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, let thank the you people very let the people very, know very where they can time, find man. you, where your website is, what all this. Maybe some people need some help. Yeah, yeah plug yourself, morals, man. Plug your values. All right. So right now, there's a couple things I'm working on. Uh, number one is I'm creating a a program, a course, uh, for for men who are single, where they're gonna go from. It's gonna help them from the first time they set their eyes on a woman they find beautiful to the first time they get to kiss them. So trying to clarify some of the questionings, some of the uh, hesitation that might come up during mm-hmm. that stage on yeah. how to how to approach women, you know, especially in, a, in this day and age where there's so many creepy things and women guard themselves, how to approach women in a way that's going to be receptible to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, how to set up, how to properly set up the, like, dates because that's something that most men waste a lot of time on until when things have already passed. So it's going to kind of guide you. It's going to be some sort of a guidance through uh, first encounter with a woman to the first time you lock lips with her, kiss her in essence. So that's what I'm doing. And that course will be available on my website. So it's evanssabi.com. That is E-V-A-N-S-S-A-B-B-I.com. Um, I'm on Instagram. And I started TikTok too, so that's oh cool. nice. I'm still learning that. So I, I, go I, saw your boy. <laughs> I saw a few of them. I was yeah. like, okay, yeah. So Instagram and TikTok, it's uh, at abundant relationships with an S, abundant relationships. And uh, my website again is evansabi.com. So head there. I have blogs that happen on a monthly basis, mm. and uh, the best place to find my work, I would say almost all of my work is most of my work is free on YouTube. I release new videos almost every other week. Mm-hmm. So once you go on YouTube and that is evansclaudsabi.com. No, evansclaudsabi. YouTube.com slash. No, they don't. They haven't given me this. Oh, they haven't? They oh. haven't. Yeah. I'm now now, oh yeah. You have to hit a hundred subscribers or yeah. something. No, yeah. I, I'm past a hundred, but I think they don't have, they haven't given me that yet. I'll look oh, at it. But fucking assholes. Go, go on to Fuck you, YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> go on to YouTube, just evansclaudsabi. So E-V-A-N-A. E V A N S dash C L A U D E 
space Sabi. I know I have a French name in there, so we'll make sure to link yeah, everything so no that one, people can find you. No one can fucking say my name for the life of them, so <laughs> it's totally okay. I've, I've tried to do it a couple of times. It's okay. <laughs> it's like, yeah. You know what? I've I've just grown up and I've accepted it, and no one can. Man, there's been times in high school where like I've been called to the office for like a package, and they're like oh, Calvin, they yep, and then they just fucking give up. They just give Calvin up. Why? They're just like, yeah, literally at the end of the year, this Calvin dot why because <laughs> they couldn't say it wow. it's and it's actually really it's ut tom that's it ut tom yeah. yeah ut tom like u t as in t-shirt tom as in tom that's okay. it that okay. easy it's but, easy, but yeah, it's just it's the words that are in there it does not it sound does like not when sound. you look at it it's all a, one it's like a lot in more the, intimidating in my, in my last apart. name break in my apart. last name literally there's tit is oh there's a tit yeah, yeah. so people will go like you tit Tham. I'm like, yeah. you fucked it up. It's the Tham. <laughs> it's the Tham for but, me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyways, you want to live an abundant life. You got to have a abundant relationship. Yeah. And go make sure you guys go follow my boy here, um, Evan, on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. And Drop in all the bombs that he can. I totally um, appreciate it. And you guys, yeah, Evans, thank you so much for your time, man. No, this I won't really be the last time. No, I'll, I'll be back. Anytime you give me that invitation, I'll be up here. There you <laughs> go. Here every single, but, every uh, single episode. <laughs> we're going to catch him uh, quarantining when he goes back to America. So well, maybe I'll, we don't time. quarantine in America, man. You don't? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's just you're, us. Yeah, it's <laughs> just us, man. It's just us. Oh, but anyways. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode of Jabroni Podcast. YouTube.com slash Jabroni Podcast. Instagram.com slash Jabroni Causes. At Nick Two White. At Calvin Eugene. I nailed that one. And we will see you guys in the next podcast. All right.